Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Character and Smallman Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Smallman on this Tuesday morning here on 101 ESPN. I'm Michelle Smallman. Randy Carriker is out this entire week on vacation, but we have Carrie Davis, Super Bowl champion, who's hanging out with us in studio this morning. Good, Good morning, morning, Carrie. Good How morning. are you? Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much. And we're starting the show off with a bang. It's very rare that we sh- start the show with a guest, and even more rare that we have that guest in studio. This is awesome. But for <laughs> big time people, we make exceptions. And Indeed. Anthony Becht, the head coach of your St. Louis XFL team is joining us here in studio. He has landed in St. Louis, getting ready to get things going for the XFL team. Good morning, Anthony. Coach, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. It's great to see you, Michelle. And my guy here, Carrie. <laughs> I, I didn't know Carrie was going to be here until I was driving over here, and I got excited. One of my former teammates, man. It's good to come back. I know he's the man in St. Louis, but uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Obviously, I wish it was a little sunnier out, but uh, it's good to be in town. It's good to see some folks, some of the fans, and uh, uh, we're doing some legwork, so we're bouncing around a little bit. Coach, how, how I asked you off air, but it, just tell us, you know, so everyone can hear, how excited are you to to be here, to be in this position, and, and just, just what are your thoughts, or what were your thoughts when you got that phone call? You know, <clears throat> this is something that, you know, the word perseverance, persistence is kind of what this job was all about for me. I was in the AAF, um, and I was under Mike Martz, obviously. Uh, Mike was a, a big proponent of me, you know, taking these next steps and really saying, you know, listen, I know you're doing great in the media. I know you're doing a lot of stuff there, but, you know, you're a coach. You need right. to get inv- involved in ball a little bit. And he really took me under his wing in the AAF. And, then, you know, I was coaching the NFLPA Collegiate All-Star Games for 10 years. I was, you know, helping, you know, get guys prepared for the draft with tight ends and did a little high school coaching, took some time away from ESPN when I was working with them and uh, helped coach my son and his team in Tampa. So when uh, Dwayne and Danny Garcia and Redbird Capital in August, I believe, of 2020 uh, took over the, uh, the XFL with the bankruptcy situation, uh, I was like, that day, I got to be a head coach for this league. Wow. And, awesome. uh, you know, I don't have a relationship with The Rock. I don't have a relationship with Danny. <laughs> uh, the names started popping up of who potentially would, you know, be kind of overseeing things, running things. And Russ Brandon found common relationships. You know how this works in, yeah. in, the, in this business, you know have a sep- degrees of separation with certain people and uh, I was able to get in front of the right people right. and I, you know I had a vision I mean this is not the NFL this is the XFL this is something that's completely different this is is a league of opportunity and when I was with that spring league uh, uh, in, in 2019 I, I felt like it was the purest form of coaching mm-hmm. you're able to you know we got in that first team meeting room and you saw guys that were hungry, right. notebooks, pencils, like they wanted my knowledge. They yeah. wanted the knowledge. How do you get there? Yeah. How do you play 12 years in the league? <laughs> and they just need a chance, right? Yep. So it was endearing to me. I just, it was something to me that really stood out. I was like, wow, this is great. You know, this is where you can really help someone reach the pinnacle. And if they don't, at least they know at the end of the day, you have their best opportunity. And that's what the XFL is all about. So when I got that call and uh, got to sit in front of ownership and, and share my vision, it was in line. It was in that's line nice. with one of the, what they want for one of the head coaches in the league and being in St. Louis I mean trust me deep down inside being in Florida you know Orlando the team that's great but uh, St. Louis is where it's at this right. is where the fan base is Indeed. this is where the excitement was <laughs> I mean the videos that I saw when I watched the the team play in 2020 a ton of excitement yeah 
Well, take us through that process because you get the word that you're going to be a head coach. You said you knew St. Louis was a great place you played here for a bit, so you understand the fan base here and the passion for sports. But how did you get connected to St. Louis? Was it something that you advocated for, or did they suggest it to you? How did that pairing eventually come to be? Yeah, you know, I think there was a couple locations, obviously, logistically, you know, northeast with D.C. I'm from that area, living down in Florida, and then obviously having some roots a little bit in the St. Louis area. Won the best team in 2008 when I was here, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I still have... Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, (laughs) I, you know, I have a ton of relationship, you know, Big O, Tori, uh, Kurt, Mark Bolger, my former high school teammate. I mean, these guys, I, I, these guys are my friends, you know, and, and I just remember my time here as a player. It was a family-oriented community. I love the fan base. We love living here. And uh, it just struck a chord. And, and quite frankly, I wanted to be where, you know, the excitement was. And, and, and listen, when it starts with the XFL, to me, it's, the, it's, it's St. Louis. Because that team really led the charge on just kind of creating an atmosphere that was great for the players, which I think is important. You know it better than that. If you're, you know, if you're not playing in front of fans, the players can only get so that. Right. Playing in front of fans in scenarios and situations, mm-hmm. all that stuff's going to make them better. You're going to find out if they can raise up or raise down. So... Uh, I just thought that this was a spot for me. And, you know, my son uh, just committed to Iowa State, so he's out of the house. My daughter will be a senior. She'll be out of the house soon. So me and my wife, I'm like, hey, listen, like, you know, hopefully the league's talking about this, you know, putting me at the St. Louis location. What do you think? She's like, let's go. You know, she loved her time here as well. So uh, can't wait to play here. Can't wait to walk out of the tunnel that first game. But we do have a lot of preparation to do. Uh, there is a lot of time, but there's not. You know, we have to find the players, the right players, and the quarterback. Back, offensive line, all those things. I got some names for you. I, yeah, I, I well, that's good because <laughs> I need that list. Everybody I've been bumping into has got names. I know names a bunch of people, people got people, some but, names. Yeah. Well, that's good, you know. But uh, again, it's it's, it's going to be a great opportunity. We had our showcases uh, over the last uh, two months and got to see a lot of guys that you know are still hungry and passionate about the game. Thirteen hundred players that are still trying to Man. find their way in the league, and then you got the preseason players yeah. that are going to get that uh, cut from the NFL. That of course, those are the guys we're going to try to bring in right. and, and build that relationship. Now, Coach, I, I coach high school football, and for me, as a head coach, one of the toughest things for me to do was find other coaches. You know, we have a window where you're like 2 to two to 5 p.m. where I got to find – usually that's when people are working. So, no I know you don't have that same issue as far as time frame, but how has the coaching search been going for you and adding assistance and adding – because we know, as a head coach, your job, but the, the, the value of your assistant coaches weighs heavily on, on what you do offensively, defensively, and special teams. Well, you know, Kerry, when we play, we build a lot of relationships. I was – all about relationships, building those relationships. I mean, I I remember when I started the idea of like, I got to be a part of the XFL. I started putting down names. Mm-hmm. And I was writing names, former coaches, players that I knew that were coaches. And that list became 50 people. And then once my name dropped as the head coach, then that's when you yeah, start getting the yeah. calls, right? <laughs> I didn't get a call from you to ask the coach. I, if I knew, I think that could have been something. But I'm here right hey, now. Hey, you right from us. Honestly, I don't need a resume from you. I know what I'm doing. But, so, uh... I think uh, for me, it was really the, the tough part was narrowing it down. Right. You can only pick 10, and there's a lot of great coaches out there. And uh, my staff is complete. Okay. Um, obviously, the offensive coordinator, Bruce Gretkowski, played here for a ah, second. Bruce. But uh, yeah, you, you know yeah, Bruce. Bruce, yeah. okay. Bruce has uh, <laughs> you know, uh, been a backup quarterback, played, played in some games over his career. But, uh, you know. 
the systems he's been around is, is yeah. what's important, and uh, he's great. He's got great enthusiasm. He's going to be great for our team. Donnie uh, Abraham is our defensive coordinator. Okay. Uh, played with the Buccaneers, um, was in that game. Obviously, that, uh, what was that an NFC championship game here back in uh, 90, was it 98 or 99? 99. And then, um, and then the rest of my staff, we, we'll announce those guys, but I think uh, the fans will be excited about some of the coaches. That's awesome. And uh, it's really about getting the best guys. I feel like I did. And that's going to be important. I owe it to the players to have the best coaches that I can possibly find. And these guys are great teachers. They're great communicators. And uh, there's some familiar names I think people are going to embrace. And uh, I'm excited. I was just in Canton for Coach Vermeil's Hall of Fame induction Absolutely, ceremony. Yeah. And I will confirm that there are some names being thrown around that's going to be Uh-oh. on the staff yeah. that people Don't are going to be. I would never <laughs> leak it. We I would never leak it. Adam Schefter, we got to get these out first. I will never steal your thunder, but people are going to be very excited. Yeah, um, well, no, you're right. I, I, th- I think, uh, you know, obviously Coach Vermeil, I've met him several times. Uh, just outstanding. Obviously, I'm from Philadelphia, born and raised when he was there with the Eagles. Obviously, that's uh, a key time when I was a kid. Um, and then also, you know, Mike Martz. Mike Martz, I mentioned him. I believe he's back in the area now. And uh, I love Coach Martz. I mean, you know, uh, he, fantastic career. But for me, getting to meet him, didn't know him at all, really, uh, from a coach-player situation when I was in the league. We just knew of each other. But, um, you know, brought me on board to some of the things he was doing, the NFLPA Collegiate All-Star Game, and got to you know, kind of get with him and meet a, a bunch of his staff guys and just learn. I mean, just learn the head coaching stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the football stuff, it works yeah. itself out. <laughs> it's the other nine or ten things yeah. that come on your, your plate that are important. But, I you know, I feel like I can delegate that stuff. That, mm-hmm. That's just something for me, uh, you know, it's – kind of been a part of what I've been doing. You know, I've been working with the NFL, the Legends community, the trust, helping guys transition, right. just trying to be a mentor to players, you know, leaving the NFL and getting into the real life. And it's an important part of, uh, you know, that transition process. So I think everything I've done in my career, a little bit of coaching, playing a long time, building your relationships, the media, you know, 10 years in the media, uh, you know, seven and a half with ESPN calling college football. Just it allowed me to kind of touch and engage a lot of different situations. And, and obviously being in St. Louis now is super exciting. So, Coach, how many times a day do people tweet you asking you what the name of the team oh, is going yeah. to oh, that be? That was going to be my question. All right, we, we do, because as you said, St. Louis had a had a huge backing here. Yeah, there was yeah. an emotional there was, connection. There was an, there, and if you ever went to a to a to that team, yeah. you went to that game. No doubt. You knew you knew where you were because of the calls that were in the stadium. So <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I just I, imagine you, you're getting that a lot. I, I probably say five or six times a day <laughs> on my Facebook page, my Instagram, DM, all this stuff, Twitter. I mean, listen, the fan base is passionate, right? I mean, they love the Battle Hawks name, they yes. love the the call, call, all that stuff. I mean, that that stuff is important to them. I, I'll say this. Obviously, I'm not dropping any announcements today, and, and, and that'll be determined. It'll be out uh, sh- shortly. We'll all know what that is, but the league is is going to do the best thing for all the teams. And, you know, whether it's tweaking some names for some cities, not tweaking some names, keeping the same name, they know what's important, and they know what sells. So, uh, you know, I'll keep it at that. We'll see what happens, but I'm excited about the name drop when we have that uh, date set, and the fans can kind of get excited about it, and I think everybody's going to be happy. Coach, can you speak to how the, the, the process works for the XFL draft? draft and and getting new players to come in what is what is the process for all of that you know you everybody got to add you know a full roster of players i don't know how many players you get you can speak to that as well but uh, how does that whole process work yeah so i believe it's going to be about 66 uh, total coming out from the draft we'll all have right. in training camp and then we'll have 54 roster um you know 
we had these showcases. So we had uh, six showcases over the last two months, two and a half months, and we saw 1,300 players, like I mentioned earlier. And uh, look, you know, all ages. I mean, you're talking about fresh out of college. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of the colleges that I saw some of these guys that were really key players for those schools, I I had never heard of. I mean, we have really gone through the depths to at least give these, these guys eyeballs in front of them and give them a chance whether it's just that moment in time it's always hard you know in one day to to kind of yeah. scrum through all yeah. the guys and see who's good but you know we'll, we'll check mark some guys we'll we'll earmark some and then we'll go back and watch some film someone we can't even get the film you got to go to youtube or yeah. wherever i mean that's where you <laughs> yeah. gotta find this stuff to get these players uh films but i, I probably I, and you talked about you know the fans asking about it. i probably get at least 30 players daily i was gonna ask that yeah. sending me videos <laughs> wow. emails I mean, they only a few have found my number, so that's at least my phone's not blowing up. But if they got agents, obviously they're hitting me up. But I think it's great. I, I try to look at as many guys as possible because you know this is about opportunity. This is about getting players an opportunity to to kind of showcase what they did. And there's a lot of players in the NFL that that played small school and then that have success. So right. uh, after that process, we'll kind of narrow that down. I think we have uh, you know a couple hundred in our draft pool, and then of course we have these players now. We're waiting to uh, get released in the preseason mm-hmm. from the NFL. That's another 600-plus players. Those are the guys that, okay, scouts, the league, obviously having the league, they feel like those are the next crop of guys. Right. And those are the guys primarily we want to give the chance to uh, to make these football teams. And, of course, the draft will be in mid-November. We have the yeah November 16th, I believe. So, uh, listen, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, we have to you know go through a lot of players, but... Um, Quarterback has to be set. That's important. We got to get that line, and we're working on those things. And then, obviously, there's a ton of skilled talent out yeah. there. We just got to find the best guys. That's Anthony Becht. He's the head coach of your XFL team here in St. Louis, alongside Kerry Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, more with Coach as he hangs out with us here in studio on this Tuesday. Keep it here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Kerry Kern-Smallman on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman and Carrie Davis with you. Randy Carriker is out on vacation. But we're going three deep in the studio today because we have Anthony Beck joining us. He's the head coach of your XFL team here in St. Louis. And uh, we were just talking during the break. So many exciting things coming down the pipeline for the XFL team, including the name, the players that are going to be playing for the XFL team here in St. Louis, revealing the entirety of the coaching staff. The draft is on November 16th. But right now, people are, are already texting into the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. How can I get involved? I'm so excited. There's a caca being thrown around here. <laughs> In there. <laughs> Everything is at XFL.com. There's a great fan hub called The Huddle. Be sure to check that out. And you can register now for tickets again at XFL.com. And be sure to follow Coach on social media, especially on Twitter at Anthony underscore Becht. That's B-E-C-H-T. He's got great content that he's pushing out all the time, keeping you updated on the latest with the XFL and your St. Louis team. And Coach, I saw when you landed last night, you put out a little video saying you needed some recommendations on what to do in St. Louis. And I got a lot of them. You know, there, there's some obviously some flashback when I was here because obviously I'm a food guy. So, you know, hitting the hill was an area that I went quite frequently uh, as a player. But uh, yeah, no, 
I love it. I, I love engaging with the fans. It's important. You know, it's a different league, right? I mean, this is, especially in St. Louis, I feel like this fan base has really been good on social. I've tried to get back as many fans as I could. But, yeah, they got anything for me, any tips or questions or anything, I'll definitely check it out. I usually thumb about an hour and just kind of check out what's going on. But uh, social media is a way to connect. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many followers you have, man. I'm, I, don't, I treat everybody equal. That, that's you, the best you. thing. But we do need – hey, the, I want to thank the fan base. The tickets – deposits have been awesome right mm -hmm. and i knew they were strong in 2020 but let's keep it going you know I, my hashtag is fill the top i want to yes, get the top yes, i want to yes. get that full and then that's asking a lot but hey I, i'm gonna put pressure on the fans and i get it the fans want a product yeah i'm gonna deliver a product so i'll hold my end of the bargain i want them at the stadium so it'll be it'll be good i can't wait to see you them. know i don't think it's asking too much as we were talking off air uh prior to the shutdown of everything they were prepared to open the top up because the the fan base here was so excited for for the battle hawks and what they were doing and the product that was on the field uh, and how much St. Louis just craves football at this point. Rams been gone for a long time. The Battle Hawks showed up and now, you know, the XFL is back. Hopefully yeah. we still have the same name. I, I'm gonna, <laughs> that's me speaking. I won't put that on you, Anthony. Uh, but that is going to be so fun and so much, you know, as we, the players just enjoy having fans there, having a crowd there, the noise that is, is associated with it and, no and defensively how much it helps you Absolutely. versus opposing offenses. Yeah, I mean, that's key, right? I mean, yeah. Look, we're going to have speakers all over uh, our f practice fields. We are going to be in Dallas, uh, the Dallas area, for our hub. We'll be practicing there uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And, of course, we'll come up and play in the cities, uh, whatever team we'll be going to, the different places. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I, I think it's it's going to put a, a lot of pressure on players to kind of rise up to the level of competition. Uh, sound is, uh, is something that's big. I mean, every mm -hmm. stadium in the NFL is full, right? So you got to learn how to do that. That's a big part of the process where guys on the practice squad in the NFL don't get that right? right they get to do drills they get to work and, and hone in their skills but they never get out there to play in an environment that's similar to the guys that are mm -hmm. doing it at the highest level so this is where you want to be and obviously you're right when we come in and we have teams coming when we're on defense, we got to make sure this is the gotta loudest loud. place. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis, you got to be loud. Was really, yeah, she couldn't hear. So that, that's already good to know already that yeah. it was that loud. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely going to be big. Yeah, they put me on the X, which was in the the one corner of the dome, and it was right by a place called the Hawk's Nest, where, oh, yeah, yeah. where the loudest and most passionate Battle Hawk fans were. And they would be telling me in the booth that I was going to interview somebody. And I was like, huh, I can't hear. <laughs> Everyone's going crazy. But it, it was a great time. You're going to love having it at the dome. And I echo Carrie's sentiments. I don't think it's going to be a problem to fill the top. Not at all. Awesome. Uh, Anthony Beck, <laughs> are your XFL head coach joining us here in studio here on 101 ESPN. And, and you mentioned, Coach, that all the teams are going to be based in Dallas, which yeah. is unique for the league. But what's that going to be like? I know, I know you have to experience it still, but having the opposition and yeah. the other coaches and the other players be in the same environment, that's going to be pretty special. Well, you know, I, I think the names, you know the names that are the coaches. Uh, you know, there's a good mix of, you know, premier head coaches, guys that are former or, or our Hall of Fame players, former players, and we get along great. I mean, look, we're we're here because you know we understand the what this league is all about, and we're trying to grow the league. It's important for long term success. It's important to earn. Uh, ownership to to have the XFL you know be around for a long time and uh, I think they got really the best the best coaches that they can get for those circumstances uh, but yeah it's 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 going to be two teams to a facility so myself uh, and uh, Reggie Coach Barlow who's with the DC team will will practice at the same facility uh, in the Arlington area and uh, it's great I mean it'll be a way that we can kind of practice against each other when we have to we'll obviously have parts of the day we'll we'll be doing our own thing we'll we'll really never cross paths until we have some of those scrimmages. But mm -hmm. it is, you know, having the best people, the best trainers, everything kind of 
kind of hubbed in the same spot. It's it's easier, and in particular when players come in and out, there's no you know not a lot of different places they can go. We can kind of keep everybody intact in the same areas. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And of course, on the business side, economically, you got to do it right. I think the number one thing is we're going to be in the cities playing the games, and that's going to be the most important thing. We're going to be able to build something with the fan base. Uh, the fan base can get excited about a team every single week, and uh, that's what's going to be great. But uh, I think the hub idea is, is a good start to get the league off the ground. Anthony, I want to switch gears just briefly and talk about your alma mater, West yeah. Virginia. Uh, you all pretty much were, were the start of this conference realignment some years back, <laughs> in, in my opinion. And now it's kind of going haywire. What did you think about when West Virginia made that move? And, and what do you think of all the movement that's taking place, uh, that's been taking place the last couple of years? Well, they had to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to get into a Power power 5 conference. And, uh, you know, when the Big East broke up, it was kind of like, where are these teams going to go? And you saw a lot of those teams like the BCs, the Miamis, uh, go to the ACC. And that was probably where you wanted to go mm-hmm. because that's you know being a mid-Atlantic school but uh they jumped into the Big 12. I, you know, I think it's been kind of embraced uh, a little bit across the board. I mean, it's you know, you're playing big time football. Uh, you know, probably from a recruiting recruiting standpoint, it kind of takes you away from those regions. Yeah. I do love the rivalry games. You know, I'm glad that West Virginia's open up with Pitt uh, September uh, Thursday of first week of September for the season. So that's a rivalry to be come back. <laughs> and that was really all we talked about when I was getting recruited and went took my visit to West Virginia. But uh, yeah, it's you know, look, realignment. It is what it is. I mean, it's a money business mm-hmm. uh you're still going to get the the big games but you won't necessarily get those rivalry and mm-hmm. i know there's a lot of old school fans that love the rivalries yeah. i do as well uh it's important but i mean at the end of the day you, you see how this thing's kind of phasing into maybe these super conferences right. and that's what it's just going to be so you know what it's going to allow these teams is they're going to have to play the best every single week every so week. your schedule doesn't get any easier uh you know some of the the group of five schools won't have those opportunities to, to play some of those big schools as it leads into those big conferences but uh you know at the end of the day, it's all about dollars as long as they continue to take care of the players and the ncaa obviously probably hasn't been the most proactive over the years and it's a lot of other things yeah the the um the the heads of the conferences are the ones that are pushing these things because they see what it's kind of building into and then you have the nil situation how that works and the complexity complexities of just keeping that kind of grounded so these players don't go off. And I worry about that, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're throwing a kid $250,000, $500,000, a million dollars. A lot of money. And, you know, listen, we know that some of the top high school players that came and played when we were at school didn't necessarily yes. pan out to be the best yes. players on the team. And and those are the investments and, and alumni takes takes uh, in, in front of. But, uh, you know, it is a changing game, and I think everybody has to evolve, but, you know, it's still exciting. College football is great. And look, I do have to take a sabbatical from West Virginia for five years <laughs> until my son is done at Iowa State. There you go. Yeah, once that happens, and then once that happens, I'll, I'll jump back on board. But I always have, you know, there's a love. I, matter of fact, Coach Brown texted me the other day and uh, and uh, wished me luck and, and stuff like that. But uh, it, it's it was that was the place where I got my opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted me. It was my only scholarship. Turned it into something great, and that's kind of what the X XFL is about, too. That's awesome. Anthony Beck, the head coach of your St. Louis XFL team, joining us here in the studio with Carrie Davis and Michelle Smallman here on 101 ESPN. And, Coach, there's obviously a lot of milestones still to come as you build this team, and which is exciting because you get to put your fingerprints on it and build it from the ground up. And the identity of the team will probably take shape once you get yeah. some of your players there. But you seem to have a very clear vision. What do you want the culture to be like around an Anthony-backed football team? Well, you know, listen, I'm 
I was a little old school as a player. You know, Kerry was talking about how there were some guys in the league just super talented, uber talented. There's the guys that honed into the details, the guys that understood the small things. And uh, quite frankly, the only way these guys are going to make it at the highest level is taking care of those small things, the details, the little things that it takes to get you over the hump. And, you know, I want to make that impression to them. I want to make sure that, you know, they trust me and they understand I have their back, but there's an accountability day to day that they have to go through. And, and, and really, there's a price to pay. So, uh, you know, we're going to have fun, number one. I think it's that, that's important. This is not the NFL. We're not, we're not trying to, to do it the same way the NFL does. But, you know, I think about the, the staff that I got together, the way we're going to teach things. You know, we want to be as dynamic as an offense and defense as we can, but we do have to make it kind of condensed. We have to keep it simplified because we got to be able to maximize the, the skill set of the players on the field, and we don't have a lot of time to get things in. So we're constantly, Bruce and, and the staff and myself, constantly think, okay, how do we make it simpler? How do we, you know, less words in the, in the play call, but still be, you know, able to do the things. And, of course, our offense – as we're building it, will be dictated on the personnel that we have. You know, we always go into a game and we think the old 50-50, right? Run, pass, but, you know, listen, that's not going to hold us back to what we need to do. If we can throw a ton and be explosive down the field, we have those kind of guys, we'll do it. But, uh, you know, we want to be exciting. Some of the rules that we'll have, obviously, will keep the game exciting. It'll be more NFL-based rules, but we'll have some certain things, extra points, things of that nature that will be exciting. The overtime situation, those rules will come out and get announced as well over the next couple months as we uh, get the league going but uh yeah i mean you know i just want my team to understand that you know if if you want to get to the pinnacle if you want to get to the highest spot you have there's something about your game right now whether it's you haven't got enough reps or you know uh, what you're doing on the field the way you're doing things has to be tweaked and if you don't do those things then you're always you're going to be an xfl for life is that's not the goal we want to try to get i want a new team every year because i want these guys to move on to whatever it is and uh you know we're not going to say it's a developmental league but quite frankly our best players are going to go to the nfl that's just Mm -hmm. what it is and and that'd be a great accomplishment so if we can do that that'd be good but uh you know those are the small things that I'm, i'm expecting from my team and and it's it's my job to find ways to get that done Coach, I think one of the things that, um, you know, as, as an XFL player, and, and I was a practice squad guy for, for a few years, uh, one of the things you learn is it's just about that opportunity and, and getting that opportunity to be seen, to understand and, and, and be a part of it. How important is it for you, for those guys, as you said, you hope they are going to the next, next level and you're able to, well, not the next level, but going to the yeah. NFL. How important is it for you to, to be able to send those guys to draft them, you know, evaluate, draft them, and, and develop them so that they can get to the next level? Man, I'll tell you, what a dream, right? I mean, uh, you know, that's all these, these guys think about. I mean, it's just, you know, they feel like, you know, they're, they're, when I was telling them, they're reaching out to me and sending me their videos and like, I'm the guy, I can make it, I've been yeah. overlooked. And, yeah. And it's tough. Again, you know, like just like pitch, uh, picking 10 coaches on a coaching staff over the hundreds of people that have reached out to me, you know, when you see 1,300 guys in a showcase and then you have another 600 uh, players coming from the preseason, mm-hmm. it's like, who are those guys that you, you want to pull? And, and, you know, you want the best guys, but mm-hmm. also there's a development part where you're like, well, this guy just needs a little bit of coaching here or there, and we can help this guy. Like, he's got the, he's got the tangible stuff, but it's the other things, maybe his knowledge, his football IQ, whatever that may be to help them kind of re- and, and take it to the next step. But, uh, you know, I think the biggest gratifica- gratification point for me is when I was with the AAF, all my tight ends got invited to a training camp. Uh-huh. And I just knew that, you know, a couple of them lasted, a couple of them at least they got their chance and they knew, and they if they didn't make it, they moved on. But to have that chance just to show themselves – I mean, that, that that would be awesome. So every one of my guys, I'm going to try to give them the opportunity to do that, and, and hopefully we can get as many players as we can on my team and really the rest of the league an opportunity to showcase their skills. 
Well, this has been so wonderful, Coach. We could do this all morning long. I but appreciate I know it. that yeah, you have could. a... You, <laughs> you can stick around if you want. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. I know he has a pattern media schedule. schedule yeah, we got a full schedule. He's got to go. But we thank, kicked off with you guys. Yes. Which is appreciate right? We appreciate that so much. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Be sure to follow Coach on social media at Anthony underscore Becht. And again, XFL.com. You can register for tickets now and check out the huddle on XFL.com. It's the place for all of your fan needs. Name TBD for the team. But so many exciting things to come. And Anthony Becht is going to keep you plugged in on social media so be sure to follow him again and coach thank you so much again for the time it was awesome great being here michelle carrie my guy man it's good good i heard your name today man it's great (laughs) to see i'm glad you're doing so many successful things as well in the area well coming up next the cardinals have a two-game lead over the brewers in the national league central but the way the schedule shakes out is this the time for them to really separate themselves carrie and i are going to break that down next so keep it here on 101 espn We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Carriker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. Randy Carriker is out on vacation all week. Michelle Smallman's here with you. But we've got Carrie Davis hanging out in the studio. And we're going to talk here in a little bit about the Cardinals and the Brewers and the way their schedules stack up over the next 10 games. But we just need to react for a quick second because the text line is absolutely blowing <laughs> up. People were loving St. Louis's XFL head coach, Anthony Back, who was so gracious to join us here in the studio for the first two segments of the show. And Carrie, I'm sure that I can echo your sen- or you can echo these sentiments. How fun was it to just talk football again? It is. It is fun to talk football. And Anthony, I, I will say this: St. Louis has has the right coach. He's yes. a great guy. Um, you know, we played together in Tampa, and I was on practice squad. So normally, when you're a veteran and a guy that is starting and playing and doing all these things, you don't really deal with the practice squad guys. But <laughs> Anthony was one of those gracious teammates that that spoke to everyone. You know, was was a great friend, a great teammate, and just awesome to have him here. Awesome to have him in studio to start the morning off that way it's like a like a shot of coffee early yes. in the morning get your day going um and and just excited for for him first of all but also excited for the city of st louis because you know i think he's going to bring a lot a wealth of, a, a ton of knowledge in, in, in the game of football he's going to be a guy that is going to hold his team accountable as he said and and there's an expectation when you play this game that you have to do things the right way and i think anthony has always done those things the right way and i expect his team to do that as well St. Louis is an interesting market, Carrie, because, of course, we want championships. We are, we are a city that has certain standards when mm-hmm. it comes to our sporting teams. But we also want the teams and the players and the coaches to get it, right. air quotes, and get us and understand how important sports are to us. Yeah. And I could get that sense from the second that Coach Becht walked in here. He gets us. Oh, yeah. He gets it. And yeah. he understands not only how important sports are to St. Louis and how great of a football market this mm-hmm. is, but the complicated relationship that exists here in mm-hmm. St. Louis when it comes to football. Obviously, the Rams being ripped away left a lot of raw emotions for a lot of people, but that was turned into pure passion when it came to the Battlehawks. And he, under- having played here mm-hmm. and, and getting a sense of the market and knowing the history of the Battlehawks, he's got such a good finger on the pulse of all of that and in addition to just his fundamentals that he's going to focus on and just the the way he is as a man as you mentioned I think coupling all of that with the fact that he understands what the St. Louis sports fan is going to want out of all of this is going to be the perfect combination yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be so exciting I mean I I I I think the people that were not able to to see the Battle Hawks games or be there, be present in those moments. I went to a game and it was it was amazing. <laughs> it was it was amazing that these this many people showed up, you know, for an XFL team where 
you know, I, it, there were other teams not having nearly as many people there. And, and you know, we were talking about opening the upper bowl for, for more fans because that's how much excitement there was for this Battle Hawks team. And I don't know if we're going to have the same name. Hopefully we do. If not, I we think, riot, right? Yeah, yeah, Come I think, on. I think, I, think, I think the people over the XFL have some good marketing people and understand, you know, what that meant to this city. Um, so hopefully they become the Battle Hawks again. But if not, we'll, we'll embrace whatever name it is. But, you know, mm. we'll, 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 we'll figure it out at that point. Um, but I think Anthony just understands it and is ready to roll. And, and it's going to be... I'm excited to have football back in St. Louis, and and if I were to put a little bit of pressure on the soon-to-be-named St. Louis XFL team and its head coach, let's let why not why not become the 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 new franchise for the NFL? Why not you become the expansion franchise? Why Ooh. not do such a great job in 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 building this organization that you all? We don't have to get another team to come here from another city. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. already have one homegrown. So that if I were to put, if you're listening, to Anthony, it's gonna be. A little, I, I put a little bit of pressure on your former teammate. That, wow. That's my that's my hope, and and hopefully that becomes our expectation. We have such a great uh, atmosphere and a great you know organization here that we can become the new franchise. So you're thinking super macro here, and yeah. you're thinking Coach said that. He, w- he wants the players to obviously thrive in the XFL, but if the, if the players advance to the NFL, he said, job well done, so why not the why team not the as whole a collective? Team. Why not the whole team? Now, I wonder how the NFL will feel about that after they had to pay St. Louis $790 million. They'll figure it out. They got money. They got a lot of money, I think. The NFL got a lot of money. They, they'll figure this out. They'll make it work. That is true. <laughs> but, and you know what? Money trumps everything for them. So Always. if they see the passionate fans and the merchandise flying off the shelves and cha-ching, there cha-ching here and there, maybe they would consider it. But I, I I think just at the outset, uh, from what we are understanding, the ticket sales already from St. Louis have been exceptional, which is no surprise. XFL.com, St. Louis is a, is a football way. city. It is it a is. baseball city. It is a hockey town. We are, we, we are all of those things. We're not one or the other. We can be all. And when you have a product that is, that is, that is good, as we've seen, as we, mm-hmm. as we saw with the Battle Hawks, not so much with the, with the Rams their last few years here, uh, fans will show up. They will be excited. They will be present. They will be loud, and they will they will support winning organizations. I've been holding this in for now forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so good to get it out. I just have to. I mean, the entire time I had to say St. Louis's XFL yes. team. I had Battle Hawks on the tip of yeah. my tongue the entire time. Yeah. I wanted Coach to give us a cacaw. Obviously, he couldn't do that because they have to wait and, and announce the name. But he did share with us, if you didn't hear, that the XFL is aware of some of the names that worked and some of the names Mm -hmm. that didn't. And there will be some new names and perhaps some names that were existing prior that will be retained. And I can't imagine, Carrie, that after what they saw with the Battle Hawks and the passion from the fans and the fact, I mean, the Battle Hawks were essentially the crown jewel of of the XFL franchise. No doubt, yes. Um, So I think it would... It would be pretty short-sighted of them if they were to mess that up. Yeah, they got they got good, good, smart, intelligent marketing people over That's there. Right. They understand what's They've going on. They've got the rock on. I mean, go. the rock. Anything he touches turns to gold. Indeed. <laughs> That's Carrie Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. And again, if you want to get tickets for the soon-to-be-named St. Louis XFL team, just head to XFL.com. Carrie Davis and Michelle Smallman with you. Coming up next, it's Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Tioli is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it 
or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. Michelle Smallman hanging out with you on Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. We're having too much fun in the commercial breaks, honestly. (laughs) Poor Matt Rocchio. keep having to add spots because we're laughing too much. But it's time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. It's time for Teoli. And I have one for you, Carrie. So Bill Belichick is obviously the president, CEO, and... He's just at the top of the pyramid when it comes to the the New England Patriots in every which way. And he's got kind of a revolving door of coaches and coordinators. And it doesn't really matter what kind of role that they assume because Bill Belichick has the ultimate power, right? Mm -hmm. So he has Matt Patricia and Joe Judge who have come back to Foxborough after Josh McDaniels went to be the head coach of the Raiders. And he's splitting play calling duties between them on offense. He says that it's not a competition, but that he's delegating the the different play calls between the two of them. And with most other organizations, you might think that that's an issue, but Bill Belichick has actually done this in the past and it's worked out for the Patriots. But take it or leave it, it will be too much of a confusing situation for the Patriots to continue this way and have these two split the play calling duties throughout the season. I'm going to take that. You have a second-year quarterback. You have possibly potentially two to three people in his ear at at any given moment of, of a game and there's no continuity there's not when you when you're an offensive coordinator and you're a quarterback you kind of the quarterback tends to know what you want to run based on down and distance based on game situations and and if that person changes from series to series or play to play or if Bill decides I want to call this play I, I don't know how this works I don't think it's going to be good, though. I, I can remember a few. We're, we're a line. I remember a few years ago, there was two co-defensive coordinators. I think one called first and second down and the, and the other one called third downs. And I thought that was the craziest thing in the world. And I, I, I we went to Illinois, so I don't think it worked out very well for <laughs> no. us that year. Can't um, but but so I, I just as as a as a as a quarterback as, and as a young quarterback, I want the consistency from one person. And not have to not have to hear you know multiple people with multiple ideas uh, trying to figure out how we're going to get this ball downfield. Yeah, you brought up a great point too about Mac Jones. If this was Tom Brady who had been yeah. there for, if it, if it was Tom Brady, we wouldn't need an offense, offensive coordinator at all. That's right. He and Belichick he, he had, their, had their meetings. Yeah. I I read Seth Wickersham's book. It's better to be feared, and I thought it was so interesting that weekly Belichick and Brady would meet with one another mm-hmm. without Josh McDaniels. Wow. You know, he he obviously had his role and had his job, but you're right. It seems like it's kind of an interchangeable piece there. Yeah, I, but with they, Mac Jones, it's different. You gotta have you gotta have consistency, and you gotta have those guys. You know, not giving you multiple ideas in different directions. Different people have different thoughts, so I would want one person. You know, whether right or wrong, we can go with this one guy, and we can keep it consistent. Do you have one? I, I do. We, we can talk about what we were talking oh about boy, off air, we and here so we, we were talking about fandom and and how the the, the Battlehawks had so many great fans, <laughs> and then we talked about the Raiders fans in the black hole, and then we got to men or women painting themselves in full fledged uh, Battlehawk gear or whatever team you choose. So take it or leave it. If we were to have Michelle on a date with a guy and he showed up full Battlehawk gear. Take it or leave it, Michelle's not going on that date. 
This one's very tough. Because- so, yeah, I think, I think Michelle. I think Michelle's taking the first uh, planned emergency call from her friends. She got to go. The first. So- the first exit in the date. Oh, my friend just got in a horrible accident. They got a car crash. I got to go meet meet him at the hospital. No, I'm so it's sorry. going to be my my goldfish. I got to take my goldfish on a walk. I, I can't wash make my hair. <laughs> so here's the thing, Michelle Smallman, the sports talk radio host and sports fan, loves the person that's dressed head yes. to toe in pain. That person's awesome. Okay. If. I'm dating that person. It's not so I much. <laughs> I wish people would, could have seen your face when we talked about that off air because your face said oh. more than enough that made me think we should have this on some type of television so people could see this yeah. actual date. Not only does he have his full body painted, he has paint on the car seat waiting for you mm. to get painted as well as we go to this game. Yeah, I'm going to leave it because while I respect your choice, it's, it's, it's your, it's your choice. choice. It's not yours. It's it, not it, going to be mine. I, Carrie, I don't even own a jersey. Not one jersey of any team or any player that I've ever cheered for and or covered. So I don't think that I'm going to just go from zero to 100 real quick and start painting my entire body. Can we get some... Ta- I w- we do want to know what those people do for a living, though, right? Yes. Can, we, can you text in and, and let Please. us know if you are a fan? You know, your choice. You paint yourself. It's all, I, I love it. What do you do for a living? On Monday, when you wake up, is there paint still on you? And what do you do for a living? This is... I'm so into this. And by the way, it's such a football thing. <laughs> it is. Because I don't see people going to the Cardinals not, games no. painting their faces, right? It's not a different vibe. Not the Blues, either. They don't, they don't, no. they don't paint themselves with... Not, not, no. not, I mean, maybe here maybe, or there, but, but not, not so really. It's, football. it's it's such a football thing. Yeah. So if when the Rams were here or the Battle Hawks were here, you were one of those people who painted your face and or dressed up in a costume, not not a jersey, but a full costume, and went to one of the games. Text us six five seven eight zero or leave us a mic drop on the one on one ESPN app and tell us what your day job is. We're dying to know. I'm I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> I gotta know. <laughs> We've got to know. All right, let's get to some of your take it or leave it's on the Air Comfort Service text line six five seven eight zero. Rakia, what do you have for us? Telling you guys are gonna be surprised by how many people text and say, say that they're doctors and stuff like that. I love gonna, it. I want to know. It's gonna what change. You... No, it's gonna change every time you go to a doctor's office. You're like, hmm. Can you imagine if you what are the if chances? You saw your dentist you at a Battle Hawks no, yeah. game and he was dressed up with wings. I was not your dentist anymore. <laughs> no, I think I'd trust him more. Day, yeah. He's passionate, he's right? He's definitely passionate he's about the things that He's going to give me the best cleaning of my indeed. life. I need, you, I, I need you to be at some dental conference learning the new, <laughs> learning the new procedures or whatever. Not, not, not dressing up for games. Come on now. Taking her lead at the XFL needs to find a way to get Jordan Tamu and Taylor Russolino back. And I'll, I'll, I'll amend that. Marquette King as well. Oh, Marquette King needs to come back. We loved him. We loved all yeah. three of those guys. I will take it. Especially because they're out there. Is Jordan? Jordan was with the Chiefs for a little bit, yes. and and so now he's a free agent and available. If he's available, uh, he did an outstanding job uh, for this for this organization when he was quarterback. And I I'm excited. Just I, I don't know who they're going to bring in. I don't know how this all unfolds and and who we don't even know a name yet. But I, I'm just like, super excited about you know the opportunity coming back to St. Louis. And like I said earlier, they got the right guy for the job. So. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm pumped. The Battlehawks are such a dominant team in their short-lived existence yes. that the backup quarterback in Taylor Heineke became the starting quarterback <laughs> for the Washington football team. So uh, that if, the bar has been set pretty high, there is it all is. I'll say. There it is. Uh, just a little download. Uh, Tamu uh, led the USFL with like 2,000 passing yards and 14 touchdowns this past okay. uh, spring season. So they got a little, a little spring competition. By the way, we're getting a lot of uh, responses from people who painted their faces. And... <laughs> in my face. I'm the vice president for nonprofit behavioral health organization. See? Oh yeah, I have a PhD. Oh a PhD? yes. <laughs> 
told you. Wow. I told you. Amazing. Yes. You know why? It's because people who are successful in their life like that are successful because they have passion and they commit to things. They commit fully, fully commit. So you you could be missing out. You that's never how you know. get a PhD. We because are all missing out. You, that's how you, why you get a PhD because you're willing to spend three hours painting your face. You're willing to spend five hours reading some, you know, reading some article or something like that for for whatever unbelievably complicated class you're in. Those are the kind of people who do it. The amount of dedication that is associated with waking up, as you said, some of them were fully painted and went tailgating. Yeah. Fully painted. To wake up at 6, 5, 6 a.m. for a three-hour paint job, to be able to tailgate on time, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a certain level of, of dedication that you know most people do not have. Um, we're going to get to these because I want to <laughs> compile a bunch of them and read them at the top of the 8 o'clock hour because these professions of people that have painted their faces for football games are outrageously awesome. I need to see it. I need to hear about it. Yeah, so let's get one more take it or leave it, Matt, before we go. It's National Bratwurst Day. Take it or leave it. Brats are better than hot dogs. Oh, take. 100% I'll take, take. I'll take it. Now, I dress up my hot dogs different than my brats. Uh, okay. Are you the this. same? So I, on a brat, I will do a little sauerkraut mustard. Yes. And if I'm going hot dog, it's unless I do a Chicago dog, which is a different beast altogether. But if I'm getting a hot dog at Bush Stadium, ketchup on one side, mustard on the other. So for hot dogs, it's ketchup, mustard, and pickle relish. Got it. Uh, and just all on there. Pray that it doesn't it. spill on the, the white t-shirt if you have one on or what white shorts, whatever you have on. Uh, bratwurst is sauerkraut and, and mustard. That's all you need. That, 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 don't need too much. You can eat it. You can actually eat it without anything. But you know, if, you, if you have the sauerkraut there, you get that and you put a little mustard on and you're good to go. So I was watching the show The Bear. on. Mm. Um, F, I, it's on Hulu, I think. And maybe it's an FX show. Either way, it's about a beef store in Chicago that makes Chicago beef sandwiches. And you would think watching that show, I would crave a Chicago beef sandy. Mm-hmm. Instead, all I can think about is a Chicago hot dog. <laughs> I don't know your thoughts on Chicago dogs, but I am a huge fan. And I'm like, man, I should have made it up to Chicago this summer. I could have gotten a great Chicago dog, seen my friends. It just felt like a big miss on my part. You, you were, you, I understand that. It, it, sometimes there are the things that you can't get regularly that you really mm-hmm. do crave. And, and you know, when I go to Chicago, it's usually Harold's or, or you know, one of those places where I, I, I have to get something. Um, but I don't know that a Chicago dog is necessarily the... The first thing that I think about when I go to Chicago, it might be some pizza, which I think is overrated. Their, their pizza is a bit overrated, but Harold's Chicken is definitely high on the list. You got to go to the right one, though. If you go to the wrong one, you will be very disappointed in in, in your purchase. Do you know the right one? Do you know where it is? What part uh, of town? There is one uh, in... in I know one on 91st and around 91st in Halstead that I that I would frequent, that I went to. Okay. Um, the one that was terrible, I feel like, was... I can't remember exactly where it was, but it, it was it was it was awful. Well, you just need to know the good one. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good to know. It's just like New York, right? You, you gotta, gotta go, go to the, the right one. The right raised pizza. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Matt. Thank you. And thank you to your text to the Air Comfort Service text line six five seven eight zero. That's Carrie Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next. We are going to share some of the professions that you have of people that dress up for for sporting events. And also, we're going to share some thoughts on the passing of our friend Jeff Burton. That's next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Character and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnucks. Download the Schnucks Rewards app today.
7 in St. Louis. That time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I'm Michelle Smallman. Randy Carriker is on vacation this week. Carrie Davis, Super Bowl champion. Carrie Davis. I'm sorry I, do, I don't intro you that way oh, all the time. Fine. It's like an Oscar winner, though. You're always a Super Bowl champion yes, and should indeed. be addressed that way. Oh, so, thank you. Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis in studio <laughs> with us. And we were just talking last segment about the passion of the Battle Hawks and mm-hmm. the passion of just football fans in general, especially here in St. Louis. And we were talking about the people that are so dedicated to their team and their fandom that they wake up early to dress up in some sort of costume and paint their bodies or paint their faces. And we were wondering what those people's day jobs were like because we only see them as the sports fanatic. We don't see them as the bank teller or whatever. So we've gotten so many responses to this. I want to read a few of them. So, uh, Carrie, this one coming from the 618. This is Pete from Freeburg. He says, I painted my face a few times. I'm in real estate. Okay. Okay, uh, you got a passionate realtor. You might that might be Pete might be your guy if you're in the six one eight. Yeah, can you imagine if you saw Pete though at a Battle Hawks game dressed up in face painting? You're like, hey, do, are we good on the closing? <laughs> <laughs> are we an escrow? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, we, 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 we'll, I'll send you an email when I get home. <laughs> got to watch all this off. <laughs> if you're dressed up like that, you're Pete from Freeburg, and you're screaming "caca," you're so in the moment, and then you run into a client. <laughs> that that I mean. It, I, I want to know how those interactions happen yes. as well. Like, uh, is it is it uncomfortable? Probably not. You you are in your element. You are excited about where you are. You are cheering on your team. And, you know, anybody that gets in the way, yeah, get out of my way. I'm, I'm taking care of this business. I'll get to your closing. <laughs> we'll be ready to work on Monday. I will be in office and I'll be ready. But uh, right now I'm I'm celebrating this moment. But do you, we all kind of have that khakis voice, you mm-hmm. know, or like, our business voice. Does does Pete run into a client and he kind of stands up a little straighter and he's like, hello, (laughs) Mr. Robinson. So great to see you. Or is Pete just like, hey, I'm here, you're here, you know why I'm here. Do not judge me. It's like seeing someone at a strip club. We're both here together. Let's talk about it. (laughs) From the 314, we did it twice just being goofy, but all my friends that did it are medical sales reps. Okay. That's I can fun. See that. I mean, it, I think it's more fun when you do it as a group, as a, 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 and you're not by. I could not do it. I could not paint my body or my face by myself. I would have to have. I, I would need support in that. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to go. You know, go at it alone. It's kind of awkward if you're the only one in yeah. the squad that shows up with your face painted. Yeah, that, that that might be a prank that I would pull on my friends. Like, hey, we're all gonna paint our face, and then one guy shows up. Hey, look at you. <laughs> Remind me to never go to a game with you, Carrie. <laughs> uh, from the 618, I wore a hot dog costume to the Battle Hawks home opener. I'm an accountant. <laughs> Why? Why a hot awesome. dog? Because it's awesome. Okay. Uh, right? You know, I assume these people, also, these people also dress up for Halloween, which is, I do think as an adult, is is probably one of the most fun things. I, I have I not Halloween. done it. Uh, in, 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 in as an adult, I think I may have done it one year. I think I had the scream mask and open the door for kids. That was that was. <laughs> I, I got a little bit of a dark sense of humor. <laughs> so you're trying to terrify children on Halloween? It's Halloween. What do you you get? What you get? I mean, you don't have a fit. That's that's what we do. So yeah, yeah. I love Halloween. I commit. Okay. I commit big time. Uh, when I was at Illinois, mm-hmm. I shared this with Alexa Dat, who filled in yesterday. One year I was a troll. Okay. The other year I was a ghost with a sheet and I painted my face white. And then the other year I was a Smurf and I dr- I painted my entire <laughs> self blue. So there, you, so you could have went to a Battle Hawks That's game. That's right. That's right. I, sh- you didn't I think probably should have. Yeah. You know, but it was a different kind of blue. You know, it was a different shade. Um, a 
scarf blue. I don't think it's necessarily. Well, I guess it kind of is. Yeah, kind of pass. Okay. So maybe this is how you might you might be closer to this than you think. We are figuring some things out here That's right now. True. Yeah. Don't be surprised <laughs> if you see me dressed as a Smurf in the stands when, yes. when the, hopefully the Battle Hawks come down. Okay, one more from the three one four. I painted my face. I dyed my hair blue with washout blue gel, and it didn't wash out immediately. So yes, I had blue hair on Monday, and a student at the game caught me double fisting with beers. Oh my oh. lord, I'm a teacher. <laughs> That to me is, and we talked about this also, as a teacher, when you see your teacher out as a student, it is the most gut-wrenching, like, oh, you're a real person, you're outside, why aren't you in the classroom? (laughs) They don't sleep in the classroom. So to see a teacher having two beers, painted blue, at a game... I don't know. I, like, I, if you're sitting in class and you just like, hey, hello, Mr. Ms. Jones. Uh, you, good day, sir. <laughs> Saw you yesterday. You okay? Especially if you're in high school. You're like, oh. I know you're hungover, Mr. Oh, Jones. Yeah. I yeah. saw you double fisting Bud yes. Lights with blue hair at the Battlehawks game. And it's still in your hair. So we know that that was you, <laughs> sir, ma'am. Yeah. You're like, I'm, I'm. yeah, my homework's late. I was at the Battlehawks game. <laughs> with as you. were you, my man. <laughs> Oh, thank you for all those texts. There's so many more that we can't get to. But um, this this passion for sports is a great segue into the conversation that we, we wanted to end this segment with about our friend Jeff Burton, who tragically passed away yesterday. And I, I knew Jeff because he was the co-host of The Riz Show, and I would see him here in the hallways. But our big connection, Carrie, was passion for St. Louis mm-hmm. Blues hockey. And having Jeff Burton and Donnie Fandango join Jamie Rivers and do the Last Minute Blues podcast and just to hear their passion for the Blues and for hockey was one of the things that I loved the most about Jeff. And, you know, yesterday was a really, really tough day for so many people here in the Hubbard family and in this building, but in St. Louis as a whole. And I I wrote out all these thoughts about Jeff. And then this morning I was like, no, because Jeff was the, the quickest sharpest, wittiest person I've ever met. This is a guy that would never read something, okay? It's, I was always off the cuff with him. So I just I just wanted to share some thoughts really quickly. And, um, you know, knowing something is coming or that it's likely to happen doesn't make it hurt any mm-hmm. less. And and we knew Jeff was suffering for, for quite some time. We knew that he had to take time off the radio and, and that he had been put on hospice. And he's just the type of person that is so vibrant and, mm-hmm. and so alive that you you just never thought that yesterday would come and we are just going to love him and and miss him so much he was such a unique and special person and I'm going to miss seeing him in the hallways all the time. And Jeff was the type of guy that even as cancer ravaged his body, it never ravaged his spirit or mm-hmm. his attitude. And he, he was the funniest person I've ever met. And I would see him in the hallways. And regardless of how he might have been feeling that day, he always had a one-liner for me, <laughs> always made me laugh every single time that I saw him. And I know that that was the case with everyone. Right. And I was thinking about Jeff last night and how everybody that knew him personally was was so impacted by him. He just was a star in every sense of the word. He was so warm and he shone he he was always shining so bright. And I, I thought about all the people that he impacted throughout his life and his career. And it, it was really overwhelming to think about how many people tuned in every morning to the Riz show and listened to him and that he made laugh or put a smile on their face before they went to work. And, you know, Doing the, doing this job, it's it's weird because in today's world, people are always quick to criticize you or, mm-hmm. or have a, a, an awful thing to say to you. But Jeff would be listening in the hallways 
and would pop in and be like, I love what you just said on the show. You did a great job. And to, and to hear, for him to take the time out of his day and to have somebody as iconic as Jeff Burton comp- compliment me, like, meant the world to me. And I'm just going to love him and, and miss him so much and just wanted to share those thoughts about him and extend our deepest condolences to our friends on The Riz Show and at the point, and of course, Jeff's family and friends. Yeah, condolences to, to his family, to, to his his work family, those that, that loved him and, and were around him. You know, losing someone to cancer is never easy. It's tough for, for us. Even like you said, even though when you know it's coming, um, you just you have to think about the times that you were able to share, the laughs that you have, and those are the things that allow you to to keep going forward and, and keep his memory alive. So, like I said, condolences to him, condolences to the to Hubbard family and, and everyone uh, that knew him and, and was around him. And life is so short. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we say that all the time. People always say YOLO, you, you only live once, all of these things. To see Jeff be gone is just such a stark reminder that you need to do the things you want to do while you have the opportunity. And more importantly, tell the people you love them that you love them while you have the opportunity. And uh, Jeff, we love you and we will miss you. This is a tremendous loss for all of us here at Hubbard and for the St. Louis community. That's Carrie Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. Smallman. More on Carriker and Smallman next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. you have any other questions for me, counselor? I don't really understand your question. Are you bore me? I'm right. It's a question. That's a clown question, bro. Then shalt thou count to three. No more, no less. And now it's time for three questions on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carrie Davis, Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis. I'm going to get that right, Carrie, at some point uh-huh. and, and not forget it. <laughs> Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis and Michelle Smallman with you here on Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. And as you just heard, it's time for three questions about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number one. Carrie, let's start with the mystery surrounding Tom Brady's absence for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Tom Brady has an excuse 10-day absence, according to reports and according to everyone within the organization. It was pre-planned. Now, Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated, who's very plugged in, said that Brady's 10-day absence from camp was pre-planned, it was cleared, and that his family is fine despite speculation. So this has been called a personal issue, but that his family is fine, and we're not getting many more details about why Tom Brady is missing camp. But it is it is kind of a head-scratcher here. So my, my number one question for our questions about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is, what's going on with Tom Brady, and will his absence impact the team? Well, I, I I don't know what's going on. I, I think we all would like to know. I think that's the, you know, the the, the nosy fandom in us or, or media. In media, we just want to know what the heck is going on and is this going to impact your team. If it was something that was planned, it it, it maybe speaks to some type of maybe surgery or something. I, you never know. Mm-hmm. But they said it's not a family issue. It's not it's not children. It's not wife. It's not you know immediate family. So if it was planned, what could it be? You and know, it was what, cleared. And it was clear to do it. Um, I don't think it's just him getting away because as a, as a teammate, you don't want to be the guy that even if you're capable or able to to leave for an extended period of time, there are other guys there working, and you don't want to come back, you know, well rested, vacation, tan. <laughs> And they've been in training camp for two weeks, for 10 days, and you just kind of on the beach with your toes in the sand, just kind of, eh, I get to you guys when I get to you. You don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it may be something serious, but not that serious. I, I have no clue. I, I don't think we'll ever get the answer, which can be a, 
we may get an answer, you know. Somebody will like so, something. At some point, but not right now. Um, hopefully, I don't think it impacts the team. Me, I mean, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He's been doing this for a long time. He's won multiple championships. He's a guy that, you know, understands that offense and understands what they're trying to accomplish. Um, but it, it is it is kind of mysterious to just disappear. Now, I heard some of his teammates make comments about this, and they're – they were all in alignment with the rhetoric. They were mm-hmm. like, it's not a big deal. He's Tom Brady. We know he's going to be ready. He's going to be back. It's it's going to be fine. So I have to assume that the locker room knows what's going on with him. Maybe they don't. They didn't get all of the details, but either way, I and you, you played, you obviously know better than me. I would assume if I was Tom Brady's teammate and he was going to be gone for a few days and I knew it was cleared and mm-hmm. pre-planned, I... I know how dedicated this man right. is to his craft more than almost anybody. This is a guy that doesn't even eat ice cream. He eats avocado ice cream and doesn't eat tomatoes because he's, I, I know, I'm oh. Carrie's face. You should see it. I'm with you. <laughs> I eat, drink a beer, my man. But, but that's the whole point is he has a level, a level of dedication that the average person does not. So I would assume that even though I'm probably annoyed that I'm grinding it out in camp and during the preseason games and he's not here, that I still trust that he's going to be ready to go when he arrives. Yeah, I mean, you trust that he'll be ready to go. And there's someone in that locker room. I'm sure he has a couple close friends that, you know, kind of know maybe not all the all of the details, but know a snippet, no snippets here and there um, and, and aren't sharing it. But. I don't know that the entire team knows because if the the entire team knew, somebody would have said something by now, and it would have been, you know, it, it would be a non-issue. But because we don't know, it is a bigger issue, and we're kind of looking, trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Two. <laughs> number get... two. Okay, there we go. Number two. <laughs> well, speaking of his close friends in the locker room, he's missing a big one, and Rob Gronkowski, who retired. Question number two, Carrie: Will the loss of Gronk be too much to overcome for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You know, they they. Losing, I mean, you lose a Hall of Fame tight end, you're going to have some, 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 your offense is going to be a little bit different. Um, you obviously don't have that guy over the middle that you can throw the ball to who, you, who you've had that, that familiarity with, with so, for so many years. And, and just that, that, that blanket that you know, I can throw it to him. He's going to get the ball. He's going to make some catches. He's going to make some plays for us. Um, Cameron Braid is, is pretty good. They signed Kyle Rudolph, who, you know, is up there in age, but he's done a good job throughout, throughout his entire career. Um, but Julio Jones getting signed was mm-hmm. probably the big one. Um, and just knowing that that if he's healthy, if he's able to to do what he was able to do his years in Atlanta, which obviously he's he's a few years past that, but just having him there and not have to have the the bulk of the the catches because you got Mike Evans, you got um, Godwin coming back from injury. If you can get the 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 best of Julio Jones as your third receiver and able to make plays over the middle, I think you're going to be. I think I think that. Losing Gronk is not going to sting as badly because you got a guy like Julio there to make up some of that to, to make up some of that slack that you miss that you may may be missing. Obviously, Tom Brady and Gronk have historic chemistry, yes. and you're right. Losing a Hall of Fame player, the caliber of Rob Gronkowski is never going to be easy. But how many players have we seen Tom Brady elevate in his career before? I think if anybody can do do it, it's Tom Brady. Number three. And number three. <laughs> as, uh, the loss of uh, not only Gronk, but Bruce Arians as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Todd Bowles stepping into this role. Carrie, qu- question number three about the Bucks is, how will the loss of Bruce Arians impact this team from an offensive standpoint? It's going to be interesting to see what they do offensively. I know Bri- uh, Byron Leftwich was calling plays, um, but there was a lot of 
input, I'm sure, that Bruce had on the offense. Um, do they continue down that that road? I'm sure there are things that Byron would do differently or, or will do differently. How does this offense look now that Bruce is gone and he's not you know, on the sideline? Uh, he had a, had a theory, you know, chuck it. We're going to throw the ball downfield. We're going to take big chunks. Um, we don't care about the intermediate to short passes. We want to make big plays. And, and so – you know, I don't know if Byron has that same philosophy. He may be more understanding of the intermediate passes, the the the, the flats and the swing routes to, to the backs to get them involved in the game. So the offense may look a little bit different in, in seeing how they decide to attack defenses. That's Kerry Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. And those are three questions that we answered about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coming up next, it's the fight. And we haven't determined yet who's going to take the fight here on Character and Smallman. <laughs> so someone's going to fight one of us. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, Undisputed King of Morning Drive, please welcome Randy Carricker. It's time for the fight on Carricker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN at 835 in St. Louis. That time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's Michelle Smallman. Randy Carricker is not here. Megamind is on vacation, which means that the fight's kind of... It's not necessarily on vacation because we're still doing it, but whoever's competing in the fight uh, this week has a better chance of winning because yesterday I did it. Today, Kerry Davis is going to do it. And Kerry, actually, I'm not going to shortchange my man, Kerry Davis. He knows his stuff. But there's a difference, Matt, of knowing your stuff and sitting in this chair with the pressure on and yeah. answering sports trivia comp- yeah. competition questions. It's hard. I, I mean, think about it this way. You ever seen like a seven-footer who never takes a jump shot out there in warm-ups just draining threes like, like it's nothing? Completely different when there's someone guarding you. That's right. Completely different. Just ask Ben Simmons, right? Exactly. 100%. <laughs> well, let's welcome in Carrie's challenger today. Ryan is with us here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Are you ready to take on Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis in the fight today? I am. I was hoping it's going to be you, Modern Day versus Altoff, but I'll take Kerry. Ooh, <laughs> a classic Modern Day versus Altoff clash. Well, Ryan, let's just go ahead and say that you would have won that one, okay? <laughs> I, I wish we would have been competing against each other, too, because I usually cheer for the listener, and you would have won today. Um, but you will be going against Kerry, who confirmed is in the cone of silence okay so here we go ryan question number one good luck to you thank you who was the first head coach in st louis rams history was it chuck knox rick venturi or rich brooks rich brooks kurt warner went undrafted in the 94 draft before first signing with the green bay packers what college did warner go to was that iowa state co college or northern iowa uh northern iowa Ryan, who was the only pitcher on the 2011 World Series champion St. Louis Cardinals to collect two wins during the seven-game World Series? Was that Adam Wainwright, Lance Lynn, or Chris Carpenter? Lance Lynn. And who was the only person to both win the Heisman and play in the NBA? Is that Mike Regier, Terry Baker, or Charlie Ward? Charlie Ward. Checking our score here. Mm-hmm. 
waving Carrie in. Uh, Matt, you might need to go grab him. Can he see you? I had a window through two windows. You know, I actually wish that I would have done the fight today because I knew at least three. Did, did sure. you? Yeah, well. yeah, which is rare. Usually I'm just you beat me then. Throwing, throwing darts at a board. <laughs> I don't know, Ryan. You did really well. We're going to see how Carrie fares against you. Carrie, please say good morning to your challenger. Ryan is with us on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Doing good, Carrie. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I got my hat on backwards like Stallone and over the top, and I am uh, I'm, I'm ready to roll. He yeah. did, in fact, <laughs> turn the hat when backwards. When he turns the hat backwards, you know what that means. So he's oh, ready boy. to roll. Yeah. Okay, well, Carrie's locked in. <laughs> How many right. people driving around do you think remember the 90s classic arm uh, wrestling movie Over the Top? Over the Top, when Stallone turned that hat backwards, what that meant. This may shock you, Carrie. I've never seen it. <laughs> You've never seen it? No way. Oh, you got to Google That's, it at least. Listen, we, we give Michelle a lot of you know, gruff for not seeing popular movies. I'm, There's I'm, no way I'm she's, not, no I'm way not she's giving on you that. anything for not seeing Over the Top. It is an incredibly niche movie. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. And I do not know. Let's see how much Carrie knows about sports, I'm shall ready. we? Well, at least these four specific okay. questions. Let's roll. All right, Carrie, question number one. Who was the first head coach in St. Louis? Rams history? Was it Chuck Knox, Rick Venturi, or Rich Brooks? Hmm. Coach Venturi took over for somebody, if I am not mistaken. Um, I, I believe I, I Chuck Knox, Rick Venturi, Venturi or Rich Brooks. So I, I'm going to take out, I'm going to X out Coach Venturi because I believe he took over for somebody. So we're, we're, we're going to go, we're not going to say him. I think he was an interim coach, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember that correctly. I could be completely off. I'm trying to do my best Randy Character impersonation. You're doing a good I, job. You're I, but I think, I, I think this is how he does it, process of elimination. He does, so yeah. um, my two choices are A and C. Let's go. Rich Brooks sounds familiar. I think I remember that blue and gold starter coat that he wore at some point. It looks familiar in my brain. Let's go with him. All right, Kurt Warner went undrafted in the 94 draft for first signing with the Green Bay Packers. What college did he go to? Was that Iowa State, Coe College, or Northern Iowa? Well, we we all know this. If mm-hmm. you saw the movie or That's if you right. saw his career, we mm-hmm. know that it's Northern Iowa. I I don't even know that I needed a lifeline for that one. That was that was thank you for that one, Rocky. Yeah, I'm, that was I'm, a gift, right? That was a gift. You it gave was. me that one. Sometimes I I, I, sometimes I, I I'm greatly too appreciate hard. that. that one, sometimes I throw one out there. I'm like, listen, you, you got to be able to get this yeah, one. And you, I tried to throw a curveball in the it's options, nice. but yeah, great. I'll take that one. I learned that I got to relearn that Co College was in Iowa. American underdog. And I never knew that, so that's news to me. That's right. Carrie, who was the only pitcher on the 2011 World Series champion St. Louis Cardinals to collect two wins during the seven-game World Series? Was it Adam Wainwright, Lance Lynn, or Chris Carpenter? Oh, 2011? Wayno Carpenter. So you got to figure that that Carp was probably the the ace, and it went seven games. So that means he had he that means he had at least two opportunities. I don't know if he let, let's go Carpenter. Let's 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 go with him. All right, who is the only person to win both the Heisman Trophy and play in the NBA? Is that Mike Rozier, Terry Baker, or Charlie Ward? Well, that's easy. I mean, if you grew up as a Knicks fan, I, I didn't grow up as a Knicks fan. I grew up as a Bulls fan, and I watched them bludgeon the Knicks each time they played them. <laughs> uh, so that would be one Charlie Ward, who was also my favorite quarterback uh, at Florida State when he was playing there. Him. Peter Ward, Ward Dunn. It's a great football team. If you were a football guy, you mm-hmm. enjoyed watching them. That would be the the, the great 
Charlie Ward. How this, did I do? This was an awesome fight today. Was it? Awesome. I had my hat on backwards. You I did. I was ready. What was it called? Over the top? <laughs> Over the top. Over the top. Google it. Yeah. Go, go YouTube that later. Did <laughs> did Carrie go over the top and grab the victory? Or did modern day Ryan come in and Heisman him and stop him in his tracks? Matt, ring the bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. A winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Oh, Randy has this, these sounders. <laughs> I'm sorry, last week. Carrie, you're a genius. You got oh. all four correct. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you kindly. Uh, Ryan, you were so close. You got three correct. Carrie just I edged you out with question number three. I should never win against baseball, Jesus. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's the thing. When in doubt, always go with baseball, Jesus, right? Yeah, that one. For modern day, I should have. That, that's right, right. But you know what? We all make mistakes. And <laughs> they, you did an awesome job. You got three correct. Thank you for listening. Thanks for playing. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Good job, you Ryan. Okay, so let's go through the answers, even though you got all of them correct. The first head coach in St. Louis Rams history was Rich Brooks. Well, I, Venturi did take over. What did he take over he for? Took, he took over for Martz. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I knew he was not. Yeah, so I knew he was not a, one of them. Yeah. That was a good guess by me. That was a good guess. 94-95, <laughs> Rich Brooks, the first head coach in St. Louis Rams history. Kurt Warner went to college at Northern Iowa. Yes. Most of us know that. Um, and then he went on to stock some shelves, and yep. then he won a Super Bowl. I'll never the forget. Iowa bar- Barnstormers at That's one right. point. Who is this guy? (laughs) The only pitcher on the 2011 World Series champion St. Louis Cardinals to collect two wins during the seven-game World Series was, in fact, baseball Jesus. It was Chris Carpenter. He was 4-0 in the postseason. He won World Series games 1-7. and What a legend. My favorite Cardinal of all time. The only person to win both the Heisman Trophy and play in the NBA was Charlie Ward. He won the Heisman in 1993, and he played in the NBA from 1994 to 2005. Carrie, awesome job. Thank you. There were, I, I, I love it. I found an article last night when I was getting that question. There was like a, sport, a Sports Illustrated article or like New York Post, and it was talking about how who is the best quarterback in New York, and then it's just a picture of Charlie Ward in a <laughs> Knicks uniform. Amazing. <laughs> because of Probably. how bad the Jets and the Giants were. Probably. Fantastic title. Charlie doesn't get enough credit as one of the greatest two-sport athletes. And we, we talk about Bo, we talk about Dion. Yeah. And, and and obviously they, they did it on professional level, but he won the Heisman, which That's is right. the, the highest highest accomplishment for for college football and then went to play what, 12 15 years in the NBA as a point guard like that, that that's pretty amazing yeah, we need to throw some respect on his name. He got to get a little bit more. That's right. A lot more. That's Gary Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. That was the fight. But coming up next, we're going to talk some Cardinals baseball with Mike Claiborne. Claibs is next on Carriker and Smallman. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Smallman on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman's here with you. Randy Carricker is on vacation, but we have Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis hanging out with us all morning long, and he's going to be joining us tomorrow, which yes. is thrilling. So two days of Kerry. How lucky are we? We're even luckier because we head now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and welcome in our friend, Mike Claiborne. You can hear him on Camelax on the Cardinals broadcast, and of course, check out all of his work at ClaibsOnline.com. Constantly putting out good content there. Good morning, Claibs. How you doing? 
I am doing well trying to traverse the thoroughfares of St. Louis doing a downpour, <laughs> which is no fun. Which is so confusing, Klaibs, because we live in a place that has inclement weather. We should mm-hmm. know how to do this. It is not our first rodeo, yet people can't drive in the rain here. Well, apparently there's a lot, a lot of new rodeo participants in St. Louis because <laughs> it, 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 it's silly out here. It, it really is. And, you know, it, it's, it's rain. I get it. But, you know, you use some caution, but there's some people, you either have people who have lost their minds and act like they're on a dirt road, or you have other people who think this is a nice storm. Yeah, it's nice. So, you know, I, I don't know what to think. It's, it's, it's frustrating. Well, speaking of people losing their minds, Klaibs, everyone was losing their minds on Sunday when Albert Pujols launched number 688 and number 689 in the Cardinals' 6-3 to win over the Brewers. We have so much to unpack with the team right now as they head down the final stretch of the season. But just I wanted to get your reaction of what it was like in the ballpark when Albert launched that second home run of the game. I don't think I've seen anything like it this year. And when I thought about it, I'm not sure if I've seen anything like it in a long, long time. Uh, you, you know, the, the time of the game, it's Albert. And I was sitting next to Frank Cusimano, and I was telling Frank, I said, Albert is going to get this guy. And he was like, why? He just struck him out last night. I said, yeah, that's the point. You don't get Albert two days in a row with the same guy. And before I could get it out of my mouth, you know, we were playing with a new baseball. I mean, I don't think I've seen him crush a ball like that in a long time. And he's really seeing the ball well. But I thought the emotion that he showed, uh, looking at a dugout saying, let's go. Uh, I, I, and that's, that's not Albert. You know, you, you can name the times on one hand you've seen him show that sort of emotion. So he's locked in. And, you know, it's contagious because that, that ball club right now, that dugout is alive and well. And uh, shame on anybody who puts a left-handed pitcher in the rotation against the Cardinals for a while. Yeah, it is exciting to watch him and watch them uh, down this stretch run. What do you see from them? Uh, what has changed? I mean, over the last you know month and since the trade deadline, but over the last month or so, they've just really, really been hot. What has changed in that in that clubhouse? Well, Kerry, I think um, the fact that you just said at the trade deadline, I, I think trade deadline puts so much pressure on people who aren't used to it, and they play tight. They they don't play like they, they, they're accustomed to playing. And once that day is behind you and you realize, guess what, I'm going to be here, I'm even going to be in a team photograph, I can be able to vote on a player share, all those things that you don't have to worry about. You know, your family is good for a while. I mean, all those things that go through an athlete's mind, you don't worry about it anymore. So you get back to basics and playing the game. And I really feel that that's the biggest issue of everything that's going on here, the fact that we're beyond the trade deadline. Mike Claiborne joining us here on Carriker and Smallman with Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis here on 101 ESPN. Mike, when you look at this team, they've, they've taken a, a two-game lead in the National League Central over the Milwaukee Brewers. The Cardinals have a very, very favorable stretch coming up while the Brewers are taking seven of ten, or playing seven of ten, excuse me, versus the Dodgers. Is this where the Cardinals blow open the division and take a commanding lead? There's a really good chance they can do it. Um, The Cardinals have the second easiest schedule from this point on for the remainder of the season. They only face the Braves, who are over 500, the Brewers, who are over 500, the Dodgers and the Padres over 500. Everybody else they face is below 500, and I should say well below 500. So you have to take advantage of it. And this week, I think, is pivotal because you obviously owe the Colorado Rockies something for what they did last week. 
if you can sweep them and the Dodgers put the mojo on the Brewers, you could go into this weekend going into Arizona being up by as many as four or five games, and then you play the Arizona Diamondbacks, who you should beat. Then you go to Chicago. You, you know, the Cubs are going to be tough. I mean, I know they're the Cubs, and I know they're not very good, but they always play the Cardinals tough. So you could really put some distance between yourselves and the Brewers because the Brewers are struggling. They're, they're pitching, which is as good as it is. Their, their bullpen is really starting to struggle a little bit, and they've got some stars with some longer innings on their arms. So, you know, they're in a very vulnerable situation, especially because their offense isn't as potent as it's going to need to be if they want to find themselves in the postseason. Mike, the the starting pitching was one of the topics that we discussed, you know, prior to the trade deadline. They bring in Montgomery and Quintana. Uh, what have you seen from them, and, and what have you made from the last two starts by Wayno and Michaelis and, and how they were able to get out there and do their thing the last couple, couple of times? Well, well, I'm a believer, Kerry, that good pitching is contagious. You know, you get one guy that starts to flip seven or eight innings, all of a sudden the next guy thinks he can go out and do it. And, and you're seeing guys throwing strikes, man. I mean, you're not walking anybody. You're not putting yourself in peril because you walk someone. And, and I really feel like that's been the difference. And with Quintana, you know, he's going to give you six quality innings. Maybe he can get to seven. Montgomery uh, threw more pitches in his last outing than he had all season long. And, and again, they're strike throwers. I mean, we saw Wayno go nine. We saw uh, Miles Michaelis go eight. And I really feel like that's the difference right now is the fact, A, they're throwing strikes, and, B, they're getting beyond the fifth inning. You know, the fifth inning is danger zone because it really chews up your bullpen. And our bullpen has been fairly consistent here recently. So it's a combination of those things that's making this team successful right now. Were you able to talk to Wayno after that after that great nine-inning uh, start that he had a couple of days ago? And, and, you know, how frustrated or was he frustrated about not, not able to finish it with a win and a no-hitter? Well, yeah, I spoke to him a couple of times since then. And, you know, Wayno's been around long enough to know that, you know, things happen, okay? And it's not in his hands on what happens, you know, as far as getting offense and as far as what the bullpen can do. He can only worry about doing his job. Uh, yeah, he'd like to have the win like everybody else wants to see him have one. But, you know, when you when you play this long, you know, there's certain things that just are out of your hands. And, and, Kerry, you know this as being a football player. You may bust your tail on offense that day, but somebody on defense maybe misses a tackle or does something minute that ends up being a, a very huge play, and all of a sudden you lose a game. You know, you, you lose on a field goal. You know, it's, it's something that's out of your hands. But as long as you do your job, and Bill, Bill Belichick always said, just do your job, if you do your job, you can sleep a little bit better compared to not doing it. Clebs, I want to go back to the rotation as a whole for a quick second. We we like what we're seeing, of course, out of Wayno and Michaelis, and it's been uh, very encouraging to see the additions of Quintana and Montgomery and what they're able to do. Uh, Dakota Hudson still working on himself a little bit. Jack Flaherty potentially returning. But when you look at the rotation in totality, do you think that this is a rotation that could really take you deep into the playoffs? I like this rotation better now than I did in uh, about three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I think they can get you there. I mean, here's the deal. You need three guys. You need three legitimate starters. And then this is when it comes down to matchups. You know, where you face teams that hit good left-handed pitching. Well, if they do, then maybe one of those guys isn't part of the starting rotation. Maybe you go with Dakota Hudson if he has his act squared away. Maybe it's Jack Flaherty. Maybe it's Andre Pallante. I mean, you have some options from both sides. But I really think it's more about team matchups and who hits the other guy well.
you know, there's too much information not to overlook that situation. And I think that that's the difference on why you play some guys compared to others. Mike, is it is it is it realistic to believe that this team can can contend for a pennant and and possibly you know maybe even win a World Series where we are now with the starting pitching and the and the hitting uh, heating up the way that it has? You know, okay, I'm gonna say yes for this reason. Um, anything can happen in postseason, and the way the playoffs are set up now, you know, you run into a hot team, then anything can happen. Mm. And once you get through that first round. Then now all of a sudden you start playing with confidence. Now all of a sudden you feel like, hey, why not us? I think the question is, is if your pitching can hold up because we're going to go into an area where a lot of pitchers haven't gone that far as far as innings pitched in the season. So you have to find some guys who know how to basically pull up on their bootstraps and, and make sure they, they tough it out and get themselves in a position to pitch on guts and adrenaline along with whatever they have left in their arm. Klebs, I, I do feel like this team kind of has that vibe around it. When you listen to the players talk after the games, it seems like they have that confidence and that belief in themselves. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. There's a confidence level as high as I've seen in a long time uh, for a lot of guys. And, you know, we're still waiting on a couple of guys to really get it cracking. And, and case in point, you know, Tyler O'Neill had the home run the other day. And you think, okay, well, maybe this will get him jump start. Yeah, I'd like to see Tyler O'Neill hit home runs, but I'd like to see Tyler O'Neill not strike out as much. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see Tyler O'Neill put the ball in play. Same thing with Tommy Edmond. If those guys can do their job in that element and just stay in, in, in play, then now all of a sudden you have a very long lineup. Maybe you get something out of Gorman as a DH, and all of a sudden you have more options than maybe what you've been accustomed to having. Be sure to follow Mike Claiborne on Twitter at Claves Online. And, of course, check out all of his work at ClavesOnline.com. Mike, what's the latest that fans can expect at Claves Online? Well, you know, we have our daily cards with Joe Roderick and Rammer talking a lot of baseball. We have Huddle Up with Howard that's going to premiere. Howard Richards is going to premiere talking some football. I also want to remind people to check out the Joe West 5460 podcast that I do with him. Uh, we have George Will, the great Rick Barry, that's been that's part of what we've done here recently. So I would suggest uh, check those interviews out. And we've had a lot of fun people over the uh, time we've been doing it, including Charles Barkley and some other very well-known athletes. So check that out as well. And you know me, Michelle, I'm always looking to find something to do and have a good time. So <laughs> nothing changes on that front. That's right. And everybody needs to go along for the ride. You know what I just realized? I have Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis to my right, and I'm talking to Hall of Famer Mike Claiborne. <laughs> I'm in the best company today. Well, you know what? I would still suggest you play the Powerball because that's even more rewarding if you win that than talking to us every day. I agree with you. Good point. All right, I'll go to the gas station on my way way home. Great stuff, great stuff as always, Claves. Thanks so much for the time. All right, you all have a great day. Take care. You too. That is Hall of Famer Mike Claiborne talking a little Cardinals baseball here on 101 ESPN. Alongside Kerry Davis, I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, as we just talked about with Mike Claiborne, this is a very pivotal stretch for the Cardinals as they enter a lighter part of their schedule while the Brewers have 7 of 10 versus the Dodgers. Is this where the Cardinals bust up in their lead in the division? We're going to talk about that next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Opinions matter. Time now for today's big thing with Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Seiden Stricker Noby John Deere. Find them online at snpartners.com. 
is a really good chance they can do it. The Cardinals have the second easiest schedule from this point on for the remainder of the season. They only face the Braves, who are over 500, the Brewers, who are over 500, the Dodgers and the Padres are over 500. Everybody else they face is below 500, and I should say well below 500. So you have to take advantage of it. Alongside Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis, I'm Michelle Smallman. That was Mike Claiborne who joined us last segment talking a little Cardinals baseball. And Kerry, we were talking about the schedules comparatively between the Cardinals and the Dodgers in this next 10 game stretch that they have. The Cardinals right now with a two game lead over the Brewers, in, or I said the Dodgers, I meant the Brewers in the National League Central. And when you look at these next three series on deck for the Cardinals, they should be able to feast on these teams. You have three versus the Rockies at Bush starting tonight. Then you have three at Arizona and five at Chicago. That is a very winnable stretch of baseball for the Cardinals anyway, especially with the way that they're playing right now. And I would imagine that they would take advantage of that. Uh, they should. I mean, when you play teams that are not as good, you should. those are the teams you have to have to feast on. You have to make sure that you win those games because that, that allows you to extend that lead even more. And, you know, going into September, uh, I was talking with Randy about it last week. You want to have a four- to five-game lead. And, and if you take care of this business – here over this stretch run, 11 games, you may be at four to five games prior to uh, September, a couple of weeks out. So, yeah, it, it's important to beat up on the teams, especially when your 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 opponent in the in the Brewers have a tougher task ahead of them, where they may lose a couple of series in, in the next couple of uh, next couple of weeks. So. Yeah, it's definitely the perfect time to to extend that lead. Yeah, you're right. The the Brewers in a tough stretch right now. They had a game last night opening up a four game set versus the Dodgers. They lost that one four to nothing, and they have three more this week versus the Dodgers. Then they have three at Chicago, but then they have another three versus the Dodgers, which is not what you want right now. If you are the, the Brewers and you're already two games behind the Cardinals, and you understand that they're and a favorable stretch of baseball and you're playing a tough opponent like the Dodgers. And, you know, Kara, we were talking off air about the vibe that's mm-hmm. around this Cardinals team right now. And I want to get into that in a second, uh, uh, just about how it feels like everything is starting to come together for this team and that they're looking like a more formidable opponent. They're looking like a true playoff contender. Right. And when I look at the Brewers, I don't feel that same sense of fear that I once felt with them. Their, their offense is what it is. They have strong starting pitching. And I know that Josh Hader had a rough July, but he's still such a weapon. He's still somebody that, you, if you know you have to face Hader and Williams, that strikes fear into the opposition. And it just seems like moving on from him, what I mean, you heard Devin Williams talking about it at the trade deadline, it did something to them. Right. While the Cardinals got better and addressed a need and really fortified their team and got an injection of enthusiasm yeah. and confidence into their team, it seems like the complete opposite has happened to the Brewers. Well, well, for the Cardinals, when you, as we were talking about, when you're facing that tra- trade deadline and, and Juan Soto is available and pretty much anybody on your team other than a handful of people could be leaving, there, there's an added pressure to you not knowing if you're going to be here, not knowing if you're wanted, not knowing if you're going to be in a new city in a couple of weeks, what you're going to do with your family. That adds a, a a level of stress and then when it when it's over with and you're still here you now you're excited you know you're where you are you know you belong and now you can can continue to go forward with your season this the exact same is it's the opposite for for what happened with the with the brewers you trade away one of your best players 
and the entire team is looking around like, what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. We are in a we are in a, a a race in the NL Central, and now you traded away one of our best players. I don't care about how much money he's supposed to make. And players don't look at it like that. Players look at it as I want to win, and I want to win now because I don't know what's going to happen next year. I may be rounding third and twist my ankle and be out. I may you know have a have an arm issue, or you know I may foul a ball off of my foot and have a broken foot and be out for six to eight weeks. Who knows? Right. So right now we're in a position to win it does something to that clubhouse it does something to the to those players that are that are still there because now they're like are we trying to win or 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 what are we doing if we can trade away one of our best players and if he's gone hell I could be gone at any time as well so am I going to be completely bought into what's going on here so I think what happened for the Cardinals at the trade deadline and what happened for the Brewers trade deadline helped us out in a major way because we were able to keep our guys. They were able to lose one of theirs, and it just changes things, the philosophy, the mindset in that in that clubhouse. Yeah, and we, we also spoke with Mike Claiborne about the energy and vibe around this Cardinals team right now, and he shared with us, and he's there every day, that he hasn't seen a team with confidence like this in quite some time. And I think that confidence is stemming from a couple different things. First of all, you had an organization in a front office that went out and added at the deadline. They saw an area of need and they said, we think this team is good enough to add and to right. go for it. You have guys like Dylan Carlson and some of those other players you mentioned, Nolan Gorman, whose whose names might have been thrown around in potential Juan Soto deals. And you have John Mosellock going to someone like Dylan Carlson and saying, we could go and get Juan Soto, but instead we're sticking with you. That's how much we believe in you. And you have Paul Goldschmidt having an MVP-type season. Nolan Arenado is in the MVP conversation. Mm -hmm. And then you have Yachty and Wayno doing their thing. But how about what Albert Pujols is doing to this team, Carrie? I mean, watching him go on this tear and watching him get two home runs, 688 and 689 on Sunday, the reaction that we saw from Albert Pujols and, in addition, his teammates— That is a shot of energy into this clubhouse that you cannot manufacture and that is so rare to see one of the greatest players of all time Mm -hmm. at this stage in his career (laughs) doing what he's doing. And everybody in that clubhouse knows that he is capable of greatness. They have seen it many Mm -hmm. times. So whether it's Wayno or what Michaelis is doing or Albert or, or Goldie or Arenado, you don't want to be the weak link on yeah. this team. You want to elevate your yes. game. It's like every single one of those guys I mentioned, plus some, are force multipliers. And that does wonders for a clubhouse. I'm sure you've been around teammates when you just see them absolutely cooking and you're like, man, I got to do whatever it takes to right. step my game up because I can't be the reason that I'm going to let my team down. You see guys, and and when you're in that when you're in that locker room with those guys, and or you're in the game, or you're in the game or on the field with those guys, and you see what they're capable of doing. You, you, you've heard about it, you've watched it, but you're seeing it in real time. That does something to you as a player. I, I remember James Harrison had like five sacks in a Monday night game in the year he won the Super I mean, the one, the uh, NFL M- defensive MVP. And you're watching, it's, no one can block him. No one can, There, I mean, there is not a person on that team that can block him. He had, I think, five, four or five sacks, an uh, interception, a fumble recovery. He is all over the field, and you're like, what the hell is going on? How are, How is this happening? But you're in that moment, and, and so when you're a player and you're watching your teammate who has had great success, who has had a career like Albert, you want to win. You want to win it all. You know, you want to win it all, obviously, for you. But you want to be a part of that to say, you know what, I was able to help him in his last go run to to be leave out as a champion that he is, that he's already been, but to leave the game as a champion. 
that to me is what 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 I see this team doing right now. And Albert is adding to it because he's hitting the ball well, he's seeing it well, and he's chasing something tangible. He's chasing. He's cha- he, he he probably he's, he's chasing it. He's definitely after it to to get to that number. If he's able to get to seven hundred, if he's able to to win a a championship, what more could you ask for one of the best right-handed hitters to ever play this game? And for us as St. Louisans to watch it Uh, is amazing. He left for some years and now he's back. He's ours. And we we are grateful and we're happy that he's here. And and to be able to watch it, you know, night in, I I think he's going to get a, you know, going to get some opportunities tonight. That's right. The Cardinals and the the rain holds off. Uh, you know what? It looks like it's it's lessening up a little. I think it might. Might be all right. Uh, but as Carrie mentioned, Cardinals and the Rockies opening up a three-game set tonight. 6:45 first pitch at Bush Stadium. Jose Quintana versus Kyle Freeland, the left-hander. Sounds good to me. If you're on FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code SMALLS, <laughs> maybe you put a, a, a shilling or two on old Albert Pujols, the grandpa of the clubhouse versus the lefty. We'll see what happens tonight. That's Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, we're going to talk to Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News. He had a great article out about how the changes that we're seeing in college athletics might impact the NCAA tournament and March Madness. Could the Cinderella be going away? Sure hope not. We're going to talk to Mike DeCourcy about that next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Smallman here on 101 ESPN. I'm Michelle Smallman. Randy Carricker is out today. I don't know if you know this, Carrie, but it's Randy's birthday this week, so I think he's taking oh. the entire week off to celebrate. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> but we're so lucky because we have Super well, Bowl champion Carrie Davis in for Randy. Well, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Well, good. I'm glad you are. Let's head now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and welcome in Mike DeCourcy. He is the College Hoop columnist for the Sporting News. He's always putting out great work, and he has a great article up right now that everyone should go check out about how the changes in college athletics could potentially impact the arguably the best thing in sports in March Madness and the tournament. And we're going to talk about Mike about that now. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? Good morning, Michelle. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks for taking the time to join us. So as I mentioned, we wanted to talk to you about the article that you have over at the Sporting News, news about March Madness and about how all of these changes in college ba- or in college athletics period might impact the tournament. So when, when you look at the landscape of college athletics right now, what tweaks could you potentially see coming to the tournament in the future? Well, I, I think it depends on who gets to make the ultimate calls. Uh, I, I know that if it's up to Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, and certainly he looms as the most powerful person in college sports right now, I, I don't have any doubt that within a period of time, what that time period is, I couldn't say, but within a period of time, the tournament would likely expand and possibly to 80 teams. And I, I don't know how much support there is for that among the other commissioners, uh, specifically uh, the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, because right now Kevin would be the only person, the only figure in college sports who would have something close to equivalent power to what Sankey does. 
When you talk about moving to 80 teams, obviously football we want an expansion, but college basketball, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? We are we enjoy having the Cinderella, the St. Peter's. Uh, does that does that when you have those 80 teams, does that mean those teams won't be able to probably won't be able to make as long of a run uh, into the into the into the tournament as they have been in the past? Well, not necessarily. I think that one of the things that Sankey originally uh, reportedly, according to Jeff Goodman of the Field of 68 group, uh, he reported back in July at some point that that Sankey had spoken to the NCAA Division One Council and it suggested the possibility of eliminating automatic bids. Uh, uh, so the champions of the of, of the thirty all the thirty conferences, specifically the the twenty mid major and low major conferences, would not necessarily make the field automatically. Uh, that seems that when he when he spoke last week to Pat Forty. When Sankey spoke last week to Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated, that whole automatic bid thing was off the table. I, I think that he got uh, he 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 had a come to Jesus meeting with somebody uh, <laughs> about about what a bad idea that was, and seemed not to have uh, been been interested in floating that again. But now he's talking about expanding the field, so that wouldn't necessarily impact the ability of a St. Peter's to make a long run. But it would, what it would do is damage the intensity of the regular season. Mm. i give you an example of that. Uh, in, in the end of last season, uh, after, after starting the season at 15-5 and five and with some very good wins, Xavier lost 7 out of 10 games and went into the Big East tournament with an opening round game against Butler, which was having a poor season. I think they were 14-18 and 18 or something like that. And so it was not going to be a quality win, and certainly you couldn't afford to lose it if you're a savior. And that game, everybody on, everybody playing in that game, everybody watching that game knew what it meant. It meant if Xavier lost, they were done. And if they won, then they had, a, then they might be in, and they and they had a good shot at being in. And everybody, and that game was played at such a high level with such intensity, and that's what this should be about. I mean, if 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 it had been if it had been an eighty team universe. That game would have meant nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and really, anybody that could play even a little bit would be in the field. That's not a good, that's not a good, res, uh, you know, that's not a good way to stage a championship. You should have to have some reasonable qualification to get in. Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News. He covers college basketball for the Sporting News, joining us here on 101 ESPN. And, and Mike, I, I totally agree with you about diluting the regular season and why that's a problem. When you, when you first mentioned that the tournament could – potentially expand to 80 teams you should have seen the look on Kerry's face <laughs> he, he looked like he, he was just devastated by this because we all love March Madness the way that it is and it's a very lucrative product it's arguably the best tournament and the best product in sports so why would the NCAA and college athletics as a whole want to mess with that well I, I I'll tell you it's simple as the leagues grow there's concern about whether there's enough space for a significant share of their teams. That's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, I, I can tell you without a doubt, that's the reasoning. Now, and now the reason that, that, that that's fallacious is that if you look back to the last time we had a 16-team high major conference was between, I think, 2017 and, excuse me, 20, 2007 and 2013, the Big East was a 16-team high major conference. That conference averaged during that period eight bids a year, and in 2011 they got 11 out of their 16 teams into the field. So if you want to if you want to have a significant portion of the SEC 16 teams 
when Texas and Oklahoma join, or a significant portion of the Big Ten 16 teams uh, when USC and UCLA join. The simple solution is, one, play well, two, schedule well. It's re- and, and, and you have all the power and all the reason in your, in your uh, control to do those things because you've got the most money, you've got the highest profile brands, uh, you've got significant uh, scheduling authority because you can play anybody you want. I mean, if you, anybody you call and say, hey, you want to come in our gym, uh, a, a, that's a reasonable quality, is going to say to UCLA, wait, I get to play in Poly Pavilion? Yeah, we'll come. Uh, I get to play at, uh, at uh, the Breslin Center? Yeah, we'll come. I mean, and so that's why you've seen those teams over the years have significant schedules. Kentucky, same thing. Uh, so th- those, th- it's, it's all in their control, and it'll be even more so in their control when their football programs start pumping out these $100 million a year television contracts. So does that mean for the, the smaller name schools that now they are going to have to play those bigger names that, that in the regular season so that they can put themselves, if there are no automatic bids, so that their uh, rating can go up when it's time to pick tournament teams? Does that mean they have to you know, work those teams into their schedule? No, Kerry, as I said, I, I don't think that automatic bids are imperiled now. Okay. I, I think there's too much pressure against that concept. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that we'll see that. I, I think it's more likely we'll see a watered-down NCAA tournament, and that's, that's not as big a fear, but it's still a fear uh, because I think that all of college basketball works really well right now. And one of the things that bothered me about Sankey's suggestion to expand was he used as an example – the the experience of Ole Miss's baseball team, which was, uh, I believe, the last team into this past year's NCAA baseball tournament, and they ended up winning the College Baseball World Series. But the problem with that is that baseball and basketball are not the same sports. Mm-hmm. They there's they are different. They are differently contested and differently decided. Even the World Series format itself is different because you have to lose twice to be eliminated. In, in, in basketball, you have one bad day, as Kentucky did past March, um, you're out. And in baseball, you have a bad day, you, you get back to being Kentucky the next two and you stay alive. That's, that's, that's different in itself. So uh, absolutely, there should be no comparison. There should be no use of comparative sports. If he wants to use comparative sports, how about we get a fifth football team into a playoff? Yes. I mean, let's start there. <laughs> we can't even get number five on the field, and he's worried about number 69. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point, Mike. Well, last thing from Carrie and I. So we both went to Illinois. We know that you do work with the Big Ten Network, so you're plugged in to the Big Ten. What do you think of the Illini this year? Chance to be very good. Obviously, they're almost all new, and that's always an issue. And so – how this I have not seen their schedule yet. Uh, I haven't looked. Uh, so how that develops will will depend a lot upon how they uh, how they develop as a team. Uh, so that but I think there's a lot of ability there. And I don't think that there are a lot of Big Ten teams that can say that this year. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, you know, I, we talked about uh, before about the Big Ten conference over the last uh, four or five years. Uh, since 2019, they've consistently been cranking out a lot of bids. They've had really good seasons. I don't know that this league will be as deep this year. It will be as talented. So that gives Illinois an advantage going into the year. They just have to put together a functional, you know, uh, cooperative unit that, that 
emphasizes the significant ability that's there, I think they have a chance to do really well. That's music to our ears, Mike. Absolutely. <laughs> Be sure to follow Mike DeCourcy on Twitter at TSN Mike. And of course, check out all of his great work at the Sporting News at SportingNews.com, including the article that we just referenced. Thank you for the time, Mike. We very much appreciate it. All right. That's Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News here on 101 ESPN. Carrie, good news about our Illini. It definitely is. I mean, you know, <laughs> always good news to hear that the basketball team is going to be doing well. We look forward to it. Um, you know, got, got taken out the second round the last couple of years. We... We, we expect more, and I think this year, hopefully it all comes together and we can have some, some later rounds. One of these. Well, they have to win at some, some point, point, right? right yeah. I mean, at some point. I don't know. That's Super Bowl champion, Gary Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next is You're Killing Me Smalls. Keep it here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's totally killing Smalls right now? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls, with Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Mobile on the Run. On the Run is your summertime snack and sip store. Alongside Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis, I'm Michelle Smallman, and it's time for... You're killing me, Smalls! Carrie, I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo because I can't believe we're sitting here on August 16th and we still don't know where Jimmy G is going to be playing football. It's kind of amazing to me. It is. I mean, he, he I think, well, you know, with, with training camp and and it's a little different now because in, in years past, before this whole CBA, before they changed it from four games to three games, you had guys actually playing in the preseason, which when you're playing in the preseason, injuries happen more frequently. It's a little bit slower now, so that may be why he has not found a home yet. You don't want to get anybody hurt, but obviously that happens in football. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point it's going to happen, and at some point they're going to get rid of him before they have to be locked into that fully guaranteed salary. So it, it will happen. I'm just not sure when or where. Mm-hmm. I think Seattle may be an opportunity, depending on how well or how not well Drew Locke does. Um, and then the Cleveland situation, they're still kind of waiting to see how that pans out. So it, it, those are two opportunities. And then, you know, if somebody goes down injured and, and has a season-ending injury, that may be a place, a landing spot for him as well. I wanted to get your reaction to this report that was coming out about Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, <laughs> him ghosting the San Francisco 49ers. So right. according to Mike Silver of the San Francisco Chronicle, after Jimmy Garoppolo signed his five-year $137.5 million deal back in 20. 2018, he disappeared in most off-seasons. He says, quote, once he left that press conference, nobody heard from him from weeks and weeks. He didn't return calls. He didn't return texts. He basically just vanished. And we were looking at each other going, what just happened? That was from an unnamed 49ers assistant coach who was on that staff in 2018. And so... People in the NFL talk, people in sports talk, period. Yeah. You know, things like that get around. But I can imagine if he ghosted the 49ers and they couldn't get a hold of him, that played a huge part in them dedicating themselves to Trey Lance. And I imagine that other teams might have heard about it and it might have made him a little less desirable. I mean, if you sign for $137 million, what is the first thing you're going to do? You're going to go I'm out of the country? Boat. You're going I'm out getting, of, I'm getting on a no boat. service, no phone. <laughs> he probably Please. didn't. Either. He's got enough money for an international plan. Hey, not. why would I spend 
extended. I'm I'm enjoying my money. I don't think that's a big deal. He signed the contract. He came back and actually played. I don't know why this story had to come out now. Um, it's not like he missed time or he was missing on any any important dates because if that would have happened, they would have spoke on it at that time. Um, you signed 137 million dollars. I'm I'm on the first thing out of here. I'm, I'll catch you all. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't email. I'm not responding to anything work related. I will be there when I'm supposed to be there, and I'll I'll talk to you then. Really? Oh yeah. See, I would. Yeah. I would. I would be on the boat with the international plan and be like, hey, you guys just invested a lot in me. I will be on on no. email if you need me. That defeats the purpose. You got money. You got paid. Go enjoy it. What you said? Have a good time. Yolo. You only live once. You're only going to sign that contract one time. Go That's true. I'm not answering no. Don't call me. I'm telling you right now. Don't call me. Don't text. <laughs> don't email. Don't expect a response until I feel like responding, which will be two weeks or so after my vacation, after I've enjoyed my time off. Well, and I, I do almost blame the 49ers a little bit for not communicating that to him. You know, if they if they wanted and or needed to get in touch with him, they should have said, said, hey, make sure that you have your phone on. We're going to we know that you're going to celebrate and you've earned it. Congrats. But uh, we're going to be trying to call. But what did they need that that was that was so important at that time? They just wanted to call and see how he's doing. (laughs) Hey, Jimmy, we know how's that money feeling? You're good over there. What what are you doing? Tell me what the hell do you want? It's not football season. It's not preseason. It's not. Was he missing OTAs or? or mini camps if not then what the hell are you calling me for i'll mm. talk to you later i i hear you but clearly <laughs> it bothered them enough for them to that, that's their reasoning for what they're going through right now that's, that's that's why it came out now this is this happened four years ago and we're still mad about it he didn't answer my phone uh, come on man yeah, do you think if Tom Brady didn't answer someone's phone calls that right. they would want Tom Brady? Talent trumps they everything, okay. right? It wouldn't yes. be that big of a deal. Yes. Um, but we're still kind of wondering what the deal is with Jimmy G right now. Mina Kimes, NFL analyst, was on Canty and Carlin and gave the latest with the Jimmy G situation. If his cap hit was under $10 million, they would probably keep him. I mean, honestly, like, you know, it, but to spend $25 million plus on a backup quarterback, that is rich uh, for any team, even a contender especially given, you know, as I said, that there is there are other contracts that they could use that money on right now. So I think if, if, he, if Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't so expensive, I think the math would be a little bit different for San Francisco. But I just don't think it's worth it to them to keep him just as insurance for Lance in case of an injury. So you mean it isn't about him not answering yeah, his calls it, or texts? It's about, about money. money. I'm shocked. It's always about money. They always. don't want to have to pay him. If he were willing to restructure and stay, if they prob- that probably would have been done. They probably came to him because you got a second-year guy who has not played enough. He's essentially a first-year guy in, in, in Trey. You want to have a guy behind him that can be there just in case things don't go well. And Jimmy G is probably like, yeah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, pay me all, I'll stay. Pay me some, I go. So I'll go somewhere else and I'll have an opportunity. You can cut me, you can release me, you can get rid of me, whatever you may want to do. You either pay me all and I'll stay here and I'll be the backup and making more than than, than what you all want me to make. Or you can cut me and let me go about my business, which the the San Francisco he Jimmy G actually holds all of the the, the cards in this situation because he's he's under contract. You decided to go in a different direction, but you haven't traded him yet, or you're not.
not a, you're not able to release him. Mm-hmm. So he he's the one, and in, 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 in that's why he's probably not answering the phone now either. <laughs> and I kind of don't blame him yeah. after the success that he's had. And it, it seems like everything you hear from his teammates that he, he's been a good leader and whatnot. I would be like, listen, I know that you've got to do what's best, what you perceive to be is best for you and getting your guy and Trey Lance up to speed. But I'm not playing ball. I've done my part here. The only reason that that story came out is there's a smear campaign. They're trying to muddy the waters on old Jimmy G. He didn't answer the phone. Who the hell cares? <laughs> Four years ago, man, really? After signing a hundred million dollar contract, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, you held on to that for quite you, some time. You got a grudge, don't you, sir, ma'am? Come on, move forward. Also, right. after after you sign that contract, you're probably out with your friends, probably out with some girls. Learn the lesson: never answer the phone when you're out with somebody else because you don't know who's going to be on it. Oh, you know what? Maybe he did a full St. Petersburg where he signed the deal through a big party, and you had to put your phone in the basket you before you could enter. There you go. And in that case, I respect it. I and, think and- it's. It similar, is but a smaller, a smaller version. gathering. Yeah. It's a smaller gathering. It's possible. Just like those phones away. You know, I don't Put need anything you don't need, out there. You don't need anything. No one has a phone. I got 137 million. Put throw it in the water. We'll get you new ones when we land, when we get back home. That's right. We'll get you a whole fleet of phones. <laughs> You'll have burners upon burners. Yeah, we're good. Okay, so you signed that deal. You said you're turning the phone off. Where are you going, Carrie? I want the full Carrie Davis agenda. Oh man, I, I don't know. I, I the Muffy Coast I've heard is is a beautiful place. I I, I would love to to you know where I really want to go. I want to go to Rome. I, I've always wanted to see the Roman Coliseum. I, I would I would have a camera. I probably wouldn't have a phone either. I would have Italy, the whole the we talked about that the whole experience, just in 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 engulfing myself in all of that. And, I, and who wants to answer a phone when you're out sightseeing? When you're outside outside of the country in different places you've never been before. And if Jimmy was in Italy, he's uh, the Italian stallion, right? There he's immersing he, himself he in his culture. He really has no need to answer the phone. <laughs> Somebody needs to get a hold of him. They know where he is. He's like, excuse me, I'm having an Aperol spritz and a Caprese salad. <laughs> Don't bother me. Okay, well, with all that being said, Mina Kimes, who again was on with Canty and Carlin, is there a chance that Jimmy G stays with the 49ers? Absolutely. If San Francisco were to say, okay, we'll pay you somewhere under $10 million or whatever to see on as a backup, then Garoppolo would have to weigh that against his opportunities elsewhere. And, you know, as we've been talking about, there, there aren't that many opportunities outside of potentially Cleveland, I think, which is probably the most likely one. Um, seems like, you know, Seattle is comfortable with the options they have. Carolina obviously traded for Baker Mayfield. Um, so, yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo really, I would, I would say, compared to backup jobs elsewhere, you could see him wanting to stay in San Francisco, given that the money's right. It would be very interesting if after all this, he ends up staying there. It, it is a possibility. And like I said, I think it would depend on how much money we're talking. Because right now he's he's, he's scheduled to make $25, 27000000 if he stays, uh, if he stays under contract with what he has now. If you're talking about half of that to be a backup... It depends on him. I mean, he may take his chance and say, hey, I know someone is going to get injured. I know mm-hmm. someone is not going to play well. I have started in this league. I have been to a Super Bowl. I have been to multiple NFC championship games. I know who I am. You may not like me, San Francisco. You may not think that I'm good enough, but I know that I am good enough. I know that I can perform well enough. And I think, here's the thing. I think Jimmy G is much smarter than he than he is getting credit for in this situation. He, did, he had his surgery at the correct time which put a put a damper on what San Francisco was trying to do. He knew that having that surgery at that time, you would not be able to trade him, you would not be able to release him. So now I have to, you you as a as the 49ers, you have to deal with him on, on his terms and he's going to stick around as long as he's willing to and until they're ready to say, "Okay, you got to go." 
and we won't pay you, and then and and we'll go forward from that. Well, his agent is also Tom Brady's agent, so I would imagine that Don Yee knows how to play these situations it's be pretty okay. well. It's gonna be all right. Jimmy G's in good hands. That's the world champion, Carrie Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman, and coming up next, we are going to head down the stretch. We'll get you ready for the balloon party with Tim McKernan and Action Jackson. That's next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Moment on 101 ESPN. Randy Carricker out this week. We have Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis in studio as we wrap the show up today and get you ready for the balloon party. And Carrie's going to be in with us tomorrow. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, we're talking I about. A, it. I always have a good time in here. You you guys are amazing and fun to be with, and you know it's, it's just good times. Well, we love having you. We hope to have you more, Carrie. And I hope not only tomorrow morning that we're talking about a Cardinals victory, but I hope we're talking about another Albert Pujols home run. I hope we're talking about 690 tomorrow morning. Can we get greedy and say 691? I mean, he hit two last time. Why not? I I wouldn't put it outside the realm of the possibility. I mean, with the way he's swinging the bat, the heater that he's on, why not get two? Get him and get it done. It's it's, it's exciting to watch him. I mean, that just, you know, growing up a St. Louis fan, watching him come in, you know, and and do what he did for those years, and then leave us, and now he's back mm-hmm. to watch it. The, the the end of his career, the beginning, you know, the the middle and the end, it's just been amazing to be a part of. And you know, on on a winning team, it's not like yeah. this team is not you know in position to to win the NL Central and and possibly you know make a run in the playoffs. So that's the more exciting part for me. It would be one thing if he's just hitting home runs, you know, getting at bats, and you're not on a on a contender. But they they need they need his bet right now, and he's doing a great job. So it's fun. You're right. It's it's so special for so many reasons that he's back in St. Louis, that he's ending his career here, that he's chasing history. But I think perhaps the best part about it is you're right. It's a contending team, and he's been a huge contributor yeah. to it. It's not as if they're trying to get him at bats here and there just so that he mm-hmm. can chase 700. He's been a really influential yes. in, in the team's <laughs> success. And I know when word first came down that he was going to come back, there was a lot of people that were worried that he might not have it anymore mm-hmm. and that it, it might be a nostalgia play for the for the front office to get some butts into seats and have everybody say goodbye to Albert. But this has been one of the best free agent signings that they've had in a long time. And it is fun. I mean, even if it was just for the nostalgia purposes, that would have been okay. But to see it in real time and watch it happen as it's happening, you know, that game uh, a couple of days ago where you hit them, those home runs, they were crucial key moments. And, yeah. and so it's not, you're coming up in big moments, you're you're taking big time at bats, and it's it's fun, man. I, I, I am a lifelong Cardinals fan. As a kid, I grew up watching it, and as an, as an adult grown man watching it now, I still get those same feelings. When Albert went around there pulling the, the shirt like Superman mm-hmm. like and yelling at his team, you know, just so excited. That to me is, it sends, it sends chills through you because you know how important it is to him. You know how important it is to this team. And uh, you know what it can possibly mean for, for this season. And the Cardinals uh, have a two-game lead over the Brewers in the National League Central after taking two of three from the Brewers over the weekend. They open up a three-game set at Butch Stadium if the weather can hold off tonight. It looks like it might be slowing down and or shopping. And it's Jose Quintana versus Kyle Freeland, as we mentioned, the left-handed pitcher. So if you had a FanDuel Sportsbook promo code SMALLS, I like that. it's $5 Dinger <laughs> Tuesday. So you might want to put some money 
on Albert Pujols. But we hope that the Cardinals not only uh, carry that momentum that they got after a, they they should have swept the Brewers over yeah. the weekend. Uh, they lost in extras on Saturday, but a really good performance versus the team that you are competing against in the division over the weekend. Carry that forward into not only this series but this very very winnable stretch of baseball that you have for the next ten games. Yeah, it, well, it, I think it's eleven, isn't it? Against eleven, three, that's right. Yeah, three, three, and then five against the Cubs. You're going against teams that are not very good. You should win more games than than you lose. And if you win those series, four out of five against the Cubs is not unreasonable. Three, two out of three of the next two series or or sweeps is not unreasonable. So you can expand that lead a lot more if you're able to take care of those teams that are not good um, and and continue playing good. Continue to play good baseball. Well, this was such a fun show today. Thank you to all of our guests. Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News. It was really great to talk to him about the changes that could be coming to the NCAA tournament, talking a little Cardinals baseball with Mike Claiborne. We always love our Tuesday visit with Claibs. And if you missed the top of the show, be sure to go back and listen to the podcast. You can get it on the 101 ESPN app. We had... St. Louis's XFL head coach, we don't have a name yet, name TBD, but the XFL team in St. Louis, the head coach Anthony Beck joined Carrie and I off the top for two segments. It was so great to talk yeah. football with coach and to talk about the vision that he has, not only for what this team is going to look like, but what he hopes to do with football in St. Louis. I'm excited. I'm excited to have football back. I'm excited for the man that's going to be leading the team. Uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, the, the 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 Battle Hawks team that was here a few years ago was awesome. Hopefully, you know, we get that same energy. We we get that same name if you're if you're asking Michelle and I. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever the name may be, we're going to be excited to support that team and and watch them go out there and win some games. Do you think there's anyone in St. Louis that's like mm, Battlehawks pass? Let's get something new on the board. No, I think everybody is uh, <laughs> Battlehawks ready. There's a weird group of people who like hated the name. They hate the caw thing. They so, did. Like, there's a weird group of people who like were bothered by the caw thing that it was like nerdy or like goofy. Wow. I think it's fantastic. They couldn't have went to a game and, and witnessed no. it. No, because that was amazing. Wow. I don't know how you wouldn't love it, but I've I've seen vocal people be like angry about like yeah. Well, those the, are the same people that are angry about everything. Everything? Yeah, they are. You know what? I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's majority. I'm saying it's it's just shot it just shows you more than so, please everybody. Yeah, I'm not trying to say we should get rid of the name. I'm saying it just shows you how someone's got a problem with everything. There you go. Embrace the caca. That's all I'm caca. saying. Caca. That is Super Bowl champion, Kerry Davis. He's going to be back with us tomorrow. Thank you, Kerry, for your time. Thank you. And thank you, Matt Rocchio, for all your great work, as always. Pleasure. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next is the Balloon Party with Action Jackson and Tim McKernan. So keep it here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.